everybody, and welcome to episode 523 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez, coming to you from the Dalton Luceria Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves and possibly have me mispronounce your last name, go to <laughs> patreon.com slash laser time and join us at the $20 level. Who's joining me now? Sadly, tearless Chris Antiston. And I'm Matthew Allen, and I am hanging with Dr. Z Elda. That is a very specific <laughs> reference for Chris. That's about it. Well, we're also hanging with the host of Z and ZZ. That is me, Ryan Herrig, or Rad Dad 2023, if you'd like to dub me as such. The happiest mailman in Michigan. Joining my boys <laughs> to talk about video games. Video yeah. games. Oh, thank you, thank you for, for joining us. And uh, where can people hear your show, uh, see more of your stuff in general? Well, Zanzizi Podcast is on all platforms now. We are up to 20 episodes. We just did one on The Legend of Zelda. It's mm. up currently, and we are also... This episode will come out or come about the same day that me and Michael got a chance to talk about the legacy of the Let Me Solo Her player from oh. Elden Ring. Yeah, wow. that was a lot of fun. It's a fun discussion, so go check out Zanzizi. In the meantime... Look uh, at you, Michael. You're like a regular fucking shovel knight of podcasts over here, just whoring yourself out right Yeah, yeah. I will be on your podcast, maybe. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> if you can somehow make it through my barricade of defenses, <laughs> I may be on your podcast. Uh, anyway, we've got Ugh. a fun show ahead of us. Uh, if you're listening to us, that means you're not playing Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, or possibly you're listening to us while you play Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. It's that. And it's either, that. Yeah, either case, we're, we're flattered that you chose us out of the galaxy of entertainment options available to you, the, <laughs> yeah, the burning sun of which is Zelda. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and, and I am just sad and infuriated in a way that doesn't matter even slightly. Okay. Like, please ex- excuse my privilege. Mm. But this is like one of the first Nintendo games I haven't been able to get early. Because Nintendo is just like, in all forms of not fucking around. Through various means. I worked in the game industry. I worked on games published by Nintendo. Worked in the press. Do you remember what it was like to when Nintendo was putting out games 10 years ago, Michael? They'd send you the game like two months in advance. Mm-hmm. And... And it would have to be brought into the office by a man with a briefcase handcuffed to his wrist. And he would put it in a machine that was bolted to one of the desks in our office. Literally. This is not a joke. No, it's not a joke. It sounds like a joke. It's not a joke. And and he would, there there was like a locking metal shell that would go around the Wii or whatever else he was putting it into. And then he'd leave. And we'd, okay, we've got a Wii that will play this one game per, for, you know, pretty much until. The next Nintendo year. game comes out, yeah. But then, but then, if you remember, it had to be online at all times. So if like anything happened, like an internet hiccup or someone like, it took up a whole workstation. Mm-hmm. And anytime someone bumped it or anything like that, it would go offline, and Nintendo would call. Ah! And then I wasn't in a bossly situation, but I was like, all this for Excitebots, man! Fuck these people! Like, <laughs> there's no one here who has the. Uh, uh, inclination or technical ability to pirate whatever ROM you're putting on here. Like, mm-hmm. none of us would ever do that. But that is what you're implying, that, like, it, oh, it this was, is where all the leaks come so from. Much, 
It was so much easier when they swapped that out for the, uh, you know, chaining a DS to an indentured servant woman that they would send to your oh office. Boy. And then it only got a little awkward when you had to take her home for the review. It was just like mm-hmm. a little bit like, eh. She just you stand there the couch, staring into space. I had to do yeah, that twice yeah. in two different cities. Play a 3DS chained to a model. Mm. God damn it, Nintendo. So, so Chris, let me get this straight. You're complaining that you haven't gotten the game early? Right. It's okay. it's it really ha- it's not only been it's it's not I, I I don't deserve it so but like I had planned on it and, I get you and well it, I'm and the it, same I'm the same way right now with the new Queens of the Stone Age but I'll wait and to be real I as a as I said the happiest mailman in Michigan we're going through a tr- uh, really tough time right now there's this whole thing and uh, they basically cut about twenty five percent of the pay of rural carriers that are out there so everybody's suffering and uh on top of that we got you know the strike with the writers guild in hollywood so i'm not trying to overshadow i'm just trying to say no no i'm telling you so what you're saying is chris's problem really doesn't (laughs) matter it's the most major problems outside of video games and i'm keeping those off the podcast (laughs) i mean it it would have been nice if we'd you know had someone on the show who had a few hours of experience with tears of the kingdom to talk about it on the day it's out but get get this get this getting it and 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 again this is not do not cry for me i suck but no it, you don't but we, it, we won't believe it. i know i know <laughs> but like uh do you realize like i now have to make the decision for the first time ever um mm-hmm. i have to decide whether i get a zelda physically or digitally i am not anti-digital i'm kind of anti Nintendo digital because they've given me no calm as to whether those tr- those purchases will transfer over to whatever their new system is but yeah I I outside of friends selling my games I have every physical copy of every Zelda game that's ever happened and now I have never if you haven't heard us talk this this is my most anticipated game of the decade pretty much mm. and 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 I have to decide do I wait or go to the one midnight launch in my town? And and not that I'm like too good for midnight launches, but every time I do it, it's just like it's an hour to drive there, time to get your game, get it home, update it, or I could preload it. But I've always had physical Zeldas. And I'm sorry, it's like this huge, like, it's the fucking narcos meme of me walking around like an empty ground. It's like, <laughs> can I help you? One thing that might help sway you, because it's something I'm dealing with right now. I, now that I have a two switch household, because one of my kids got a switch. Mm-hmm. Um, always go physical for one reason. Only. If you travel a lot, which I do for work and stuff like that, is when you're up in the air, if you are using a system that's not oh, yeah. your primary system. The only way you can play is if you have that physical yep. disc version because it's going to want it or, or you're going to pay that 15 bucks for the airplane Wi-Fi, which no one wants to do because it's going to check every time you go to start I... that game to see if you actually own it or not. And so but if the disc is the only way around that. So I'd, I'd, I'd go or car. And I, and I, I'd, I don't I'd go for portray myself as a massive Zelda fan. I've just been alive a long time. So mm. like outside of a, a couple of handhelds because I, I couldn't afford the early Game Boy handhelds as a little kid. My parents hated video games. Uh, and <laughs> both in the situation of NES and GameCube, a friend kind of accidentally sold off my 
entire game stock, so I lost everything from those two generations. But I, I've, after Link to the Past, I bought every Zelda at launch, every one of every kind on every system. And I have a copy. I have a copy. How do I go to digital now with Zelda? Like, I just... Uh, it's such a... Again, don't do it. Just, just go it's, It is, just it is like... Physical. I don't think I blame Nintendo at all for going... Like, I've been hearing from multiple corners that, like, this has thrown the emulation scene into chaos, that retailers seem to be scared shitless, but I don't, I don't blame them because, like, this is their biggest game in seven years, yeah. and somehow it <laughs> yeah. broke street date two weeks early, immediately got dumped online... People have been pirating it, that, and they've had to like they've been cracking down on like Twitch and YouTube, and I think that all. Yeah, I've, I'm sorry if I have zero sympathy for people who broke the like. Oh, I'm sorry, emulation scene. You broke the law, I, got I, caught, I, and now it's upending it, your well, illegal no, I'm, activity. No, I'm saying like, it's affecting people who haven't been breaking the law. Yeah, if you if you looked oh, into it, Nintendo sent successful DMCA takedowns for people who back up their own for the soft. The software well, even, that backs even up their that's own not games. legal, but like you can use an emulator for stuff like homebrew development. Yeah, or, or to back up your own Switch games, which you know, no. fuck it, you should be able. Like I know Nintendo doesn't want you to. Actually, legal. I know, yeah. but fuck it, it doesn't matter. But like they weren't going after that until now, and I was reading about the the harsh things on on Reddit that, that retailers are going through, and and I'm. I'm I was vaguely conspiratorial. I looked it up. The review embargo is in about from when we're recording about. The release is like 24 hours away from when we're recording. The review embargo is eight hours away. Again, it, it just made me like try and remember all like as a game reviewer, as someone who worked in the press, as someone who worked on the, on the publisher side with Nintendo, they usually got you games like hella early uh, on on as a retailer and as a, a partner, and they kind of didn't this time, and with with mm-hmm. massive restrictions and. You remember reviewing Nintendo games? They let us publish a review ten years ago, like two months in advance of the game's release. This is you, like hours. You had a theory, and I want you to go on record with your theory, <laughs> so we can clown on you later. I was mad. I have an alternate theory that I will go on record with, and we'll see who gets clowned on. Okay, more. so please. I was mad, and see? I'm not standing by this. Okay, what's your theory though? Your theory was maybe. I didn't perhaps... even see what you guys were talking about, but IGN okay. apparently posted a video of like why a game gets a seven out of ten. But they posted it months ago, right? They no, no, no. It, it was recently. it was why IGN gives so many sevens out of ten. Oh, okay. So they they posted a, a a longer video, like three or four months ago and then what was going around was like it was a different clip from like a podcast style video with two guys talking and one guy's explaining like you know here's you know why why so many games get a seven out of ten and one of them was that uh the the one thing that he said that everybody started going crazy over was if you haven't heard of it it's probably not worth playing something along those lines no it, it was it was and it's probably not good. That's the part where people really took exception. I mean, They're those like, you two know, things mean the same thing. Not good. Not worth playing. But, it, but it, yeah, but it was, it was basically kind of like implying like just because IGN didn't cover a game might mean it's not good. And like, of course, indie stands are just like, well, there's a ton of indie games you guys yeah. never cover that are amazing right. and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but but Chris's theory then became maybe they're posting that Why video now that for video on Twitter a week like before they, but, the... The original article was like three months ago. And honestly, the article feels like a response like, is IGN about to get sued? Are they getting investigated by the government? Because this is the kind of like video you put out like 
to basically do damage control. Yeah, like, that was why are they explaining their review scale? A much it's more interesting theory strange. on Matt's end. I don't, it, and I was inter- I'm interpreting what you're saying, Matt. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like, I don't think IGN would go out of its way to present a video like that to calm its users. There might have been something more litigious or official that it had to do. Is that what you were saying? I'm I sorry. have no idea. Well, I, I just, I, we I'm, were, I'm just we were theorizing just... wildly speculating because I have no clue why they would do it. It's just, I should have had Zelda days baffling. ago and I'm, I'm so, so ready to hate fucking Nintendo right but, now. But your theory was yeah, that but... maybe Zelda isn't good and that's why they embargoed yes, it so late. That and is I, what I said. I, I have an alternate theory. In a so moment go, of anger, go, but I'm not standing by that. I'm going to go on record with mine. I think the game, because they were really, they've been keeping this one really close to the vest, which would be odd for a game that most people just suspect is very much more of the same of Breath of the Wild with a few with few new things. I think that the embargoes are lifting so late because there's a big twist, a la right. uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 type level twist that they really don't want to get out there before the game actually releases. And that's my, I think it's going to probably still be excellent. I thought, or above. I, I thought that too. And then I saw that like 12 minutes of like gameplay they revealed. And uh-huh. it was just sort of like, most of this is focusing on a mechanic <laughs> that is based, that is a sub-mechanic of something everybody, most people hated about Breath of the Wild. You heard Chris, he said he said Zelda was based, everybody. I he didn't say he's it was on record That's a lie, retract that. But, but realistically, I mean, you're not going to know until you actually sit down and play it's true. the thing. But, but like mm. the things that have me most excited about, about Zelda, right, uh, Tears of the Kingdom right now, um... I think it's it's become harder to wow people in not only screenshots but like internet video and like what is yeah. Nintendo can't even upload 4K versions of its shit because it would be <laughs> immodest or something. Uh, and, and, that, and that's the problem with playing like a PS5 or an Xbox Series X or a, a maxed out PC is you're already getting like yeah. unbelievable visuals and and I'm gonna like be that. I'm gonna rebut one thing you just said though, Ryan. I'm gonna know it's good. When a reviewer who I like writes a review saying it's good that I agree with, unless I disagree with said reviewer, in which case I will get upset and write about it I on the internet. F- That's Google Doc with how a I know form letter of good. death threats ready to go for re- people who give the games I like and hate. That's how I know what games are good. All but, right, but, but like, but I was also like the two things that sort of came out because Nintendo's finally like talking about this a little more than they had. Uh, two things I'm most excited about are the flight, the air travel and they kind of you know not not quietly but in a written interview said yeah dungeon regular ass zelda dungeons are back it's not just shrines or these crescendo moments big ass fucking dungeons are back none of that looks great in screenshots a because skyward sword sucks and (laughs) b because i bet most of those dungeons are underground and they're stuck with whatever resolution the switch can do and that's it's just not gonna look great um, that, that's my theory why they're not it'll be a great game it just doesn't look great because it's a six year old game but they I, I did was reading one of the, the recent interviews with the five of the developers and they were talking like oh like we developed this on Wii U so there was a bunch of shit we couldn't do even though the Switch was capable of it and mm. that's what's really mm. exciting is that they don't have to optimize for two systems at this point it is ah. a, it is a next gen product even I'm, though the gen I'm is just waiting for the second game to take advantage of HD Rumble after 1 2 Switch. Just waiting on. <laughs> yeah. It'll I, happen. It'll I could, happen. I couldn't well, be more excited. And we're, we all have Zelda on the brain. And I'm sorry mm-hmm. we don't have 
first-hand gameplay to talk about, but it's, yeah. it's Michael's but, fault. But it's, yeah, no, yeah, no entirely my Michael. fault. Uh, yeah, but blame me, because I was busy putting together the top five and uh, couldn't ferret out uh, a sketchy copy of Heroes <laughs> of Kingdom. Uh, we have but, friends at Nintendo. <laughs> it's the most difficult company to get shit out of. Uh, and, and I don't think they'd ever give it to just a pro- people who podcast primarily at all. Nah. They nah, banned a Twitch nah, streamer nah. for posting a reaction video to their trailer. Wow. Because it flagged their footage. That's how serious Nintendo is about I, I I feel like Nintendo, and I've never worked in Nintendo, but I feel like they begrudgingly work with the games press. Like, their focus is really more like mass publications, like mm. big news sites and stuff like that. That's who they, they want. Yeah. And, and part of the other reason they're probably doing all this embargo stuff so late for Zelda is like, Zelda doesn't have an awareness problem. They don't need to get the word out there early yeah, about a fucking no. Zelda Everybody's going to buy this. We're, 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 we're discussing all this stuff about Nintendo and Zelda. Did you guys see the the newest Zelda trailer? Yes, and I feel The, the one with the sad man with his <laughs> glass of tap water. Yeah, they, he just gets on a bus and he's like, yeah. I've never well, seen a video like that that is targeting like, hey, you, 43-year-old, your life yeah. sucks. Play mm-hmm. Zelda, brighten it up. Boom, two minutes. Like, <laughs> Come live in Hyrule for a while. And, and like, Remember when I, you were free and you didn't have to you know, do the nine to five and you could make mm-hmm. decisions on your own and your wife didn't control every movement and, and you, of you your could day? Only, I thought that was an ad for the Joker <laughs> sequel, honestly. I Remember too. when you were strong enough to lift logs with your mind and glue well, them with, together the day, with Wait, mind. can I tell you, can I tell a quick, quick story on this podcast about an ancestor of mine? I read this... Not too long ago, like, one of my, like, I guess the guy who, like, founded my family, my branch of the islands in the United States, the way he died is the most manly shit I've ever heard. He died lofting logs onto his shoulder after chopping down a tree. He had a heart attack. His heart exploded from lifting huge logs. I'm like, that, that's a hell of a way to go. (laughs) That's that's pretty manly. You should have fused it together with a tree branch, and then it would be easier to lift. (laughs) With a boulder on the end. (laughs) Uh, um, anyway, I, I should get to our top five, sure. which we begin, we're supposed to begin every show with one of these. Oh. And uh, as fun as it is to talk about a game we haven't played, we should talk about five games we have played. In this case, Zelda sequels. And uh, because what is Tears of the Kingdom? It's a direct it's sequel. It's a direct sequel. To, I feel like which is a rarity. Which I feel is like rarity. both uh, Zelda and Final Fantasy their reputation is like every version is different, man. Except for the thousands of sequels we release. Yeah. Well, well, Final Fantasy at least has a naming convention for it, where it's you true. know, like you can yeah. spot the sequels. It's whatever dash whatever, right? right? Like but, Zelda's leave you guessing. Right. <laughs> it's like uh, I don't know. And it's confusing. Usually, the sequels that kind of get lost you and think? never re-released. Yeah, yeah, because like uh, you know they. Do you think they'll make an HD remake of Link's Awakening or, or not Link's Awakening? They did. Well, I mean, the, the <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the, the Adventures of Link is what I meant to say. Yeah, it could or, happen. Uh, never say never. But or like most of the stuff on our list, like because usually people want the main one re-released, so they're mm. crowing for that. Yeah, but so if you if you for some reason don't know how Zelda works, every Zelda, like, most of them are just retellings of the same story or reincarnations of the heroes. And, like, they're all sort of self-contained worlds. But then every once in a while, a Zelda game will get a direct sequel. This is relatively rare. 
But uh, yeah, he's, we're he's gonna... called he's called Link. But in most games, you have the option to name the yeah. character whatever you want. It is it the can... hero of Hyrule. You go around being named Shithead if you want. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or Cum Belch, mm-hmm. as I like. Yeah. To... <laughs> if that's your thing, absolutely. Yeah. Matt's. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. trying to get him back in the game. So these these are all games that were either direct follow ups to a previous game, or you know, following the events of the game. It's like we're going to reincarnate these characters again, but it's the same world, and it'll reference events that happened in the previous game. You know, it's the same. So um, let's just jump into it with number five. Michael pulls ACL, jumping right into it. <laughs> It's the worst Zelda. Which one is it? This game sucks. This is Zelda Zelda (laughs) 2. This is like the one Zelda I have not finished. Like I've gone I went back, I featured I've I finished other ones. This is the one that like as a kid I could never finish it. And then when I went back as an adult, like knowing, okay, I can finish this now. I don't wanna. This isn't it's, fun enough to finish. I've well, always viewed this game as a a bad response to bad criticism from kids. Because the first Zelda I didn't really understand at all. It was very nonlinear. It was even different from like RPGs, because like there was so much not gated to you. You could walk anywhere, but you really need to know what to push and where to go and what caves to enter. And I think this is the attempt to like here's what we wanted that Zelda to be in a side-scroller form you can understand with XP. Like, is there any other Zelda game with XP? Like, where you can grind? Not quite in the that, same way. No, no. Yeah, and, like, it's it's it tries to be a more traditional side-scroller and RPG at the same time, and revisiting it, it's not awful. It's charming. It has its charm, but it's just the least Zelda of any Zelda game. If you would have told me... This was a Super Mario Brothers 2 situation where they just reskinned an existing Japanese game yeah. to call it Zelda 2. I would believe you with this game. It, it was it was that different at the time. And, and you know, as a kid, I I didn't even know to be disappointed. I just I wanted more of Zelda One, and and this this ain't it. This is not. Well, that, that, that uh, was not that it. was my my journey was because this was easier to understand and gave you really clear directions, and you could still have action elements in between. I think I, I finished this first and then went back and like tackled the Zel- the original Zelda, which mm. I liked infinitely more. I was I was drawn to this as a six year old boy because the cartridge was made out of gold. Yeah, yeah. Gold cart, of course, shiny. Yeah, valuable. Dope. Saw this oh, at a jewelry shiny. store. Oh my well, god! That that and actually, I'm pretty sure the the final boss or bad guy in this was a magician. Well, it's it's your own shadow. Oh, famously yeah it's it's just a, a dark version of you but i think just prior to that like yeah you you fight like some flying phoenix looking thing um david blaine mm-hmm. it just yeah. something about like this coming out when i played it i'd played simon's quest first mm. so i wasn't very confused by zelda 2 because it's a lot like simon's quest yeah it is yeah it is even to the point of like kneeling in secret places like those kind of like yeah. weird like arbitrary actions you got to do yeah. to but like this, this was a game that as a kid like i would have dreams about because like i wow. you know go into that first cave and like oh it's dark in here and something keeps hitting me 
And like I, you know, I, I couldn't figure out what was going on, and like I, I would have dreams about like the invisible monsters that were coming after me, and like, oh, what must they look like? That must be amazing. And then a kid's like, oh no, you need to go to this place first and get the candle, and then it'll be lit get up. And candle. I like got yeah. the candle, went back there, and says, oh, these are fucking beetles. Who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I miss so disappointing. I miss nightmares about invisible monsters. And look forward to losing nightmares about disappointed girlfriends and corporate bosses. If you if you want to have a real life nightmare about invisible things that kill you, Michael and I were reading a thing today. So hydrogen apparently does not burn on the visible spectrum. So if there's ever pure hydrogen released in the atmosphere and it catches on fire, you will burn to death and not know what's happening to you as it is oh burning around you because you won't be able to see it. Oh, boy. I, I don't know if you'll burn to death, but you'll be walking into fire. I mean, there, what, so. what is that story where, like, NASA walked mm. around waving brooms in front of them, and if the broom caught on fire, they knew that some of the gas leak had yeah. reached that area. That's worse than a canary. Holy shit. That is, that is some science right there. Yeah. I would be fucking terrified. That's like some Outer Wilds ghost matter or something. Yes, it is. It's like, oh, I, shit. I, I knew it was in it when I, I found myself getting health drained. But I way scarier say, than fucking beetles. I will <laughs> that, that, say that the candle for, lit up. For this this game though, I I do remember as a kid playing and the soundtrack. I mean, I know it's all beeps and bops or whatever mm-hmm. in retrospect to what we have today, but it's really good. Mm-hmm. Like the no, dungeon theme was killer. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have yeah. a ton of affection. Oh for yeah, this it's, game. it's good. It's yeah, good. me too. And like this was the first Zelda that I finished. Like right. I played the original Zelda. Like, and in store kiosk displays, but I never, like, it was really cool. I didn't quite understand it. But this, like, once mm. once I started getting guided toward where I was supposed to go, right. like, yeah, I totally understood it. And, like, I went back a few years ago and played it from start to finish on, yeah. on the Switch. And, uh, like, man, it's, yeah, it's not as good as I remember it, for no, sure. No, right? but like, it's we not terrible. With Brett, and Brett can do it in, like, like two hours he can finish wow. that too which is also like kind of very not zelda yeah also had one of the earliest instances that i can remember of like sort of digitized speech Shit. Oh. every time you'd get a game over and that that was like it was Why is fucking hob the the yeah. idea that like oh uh link if he dies, Ganon's minions will take his blood and spread it on Ganon's ashes to resurrect Ganon. Like, that is such a humiliating way to go. Uh, right. The, 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 I didn't want to die, let alone be used in a ritual sacrifice. Yeah. 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 Ganon's part of some sort of weird midsummer practice. Mm-hmm. Where... <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, it's like this weird outlier in Zelda because it's like a side scroller. With an RPG style overworld map where you just have to stay on the road because if you wander off the road, then mon- monsters will appear and you'll have to like dodge these roaming icons or else you'll, you'll be sucked into a random fight. With well, I, I think that's what's really, in hindsight, fascinating about Zelda 2 is that I think without really knowing it, Miyamoto was trying to make an RPG. Mm-hmm. And in no, my I'm sure world, he like, knew it, but no, I know, I know, but like, um, this, this is just how, what colors my world. Like, I was recommended Zelda after renting it and not understanding it. And I'm like, you know, seven. I was recommended it by a 17-year-old, the brother of my uh, sister's friend in the neighborhood. And he's like, it's the best game ever, Zelda 1. And like, mm-hmm. I, like, I still don't fucking get it. 
And Zelda 2 is like this course correction, like, this is what RPGs look like in Japan. We need to make this look more like what a, people understand the RPG genre to be. And, and Zelda 3 just like throws that all away again. Mm -hmm. Or Link to the Past. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going off of what the Super Nintendo box told me the name was. Yeah. Uh, but it threw it all away again um, because a lot of most people didn't make top down action oriented RPGs uh, ever uh, before or after in between Zelda one and three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the Zelda one thing two, this game did bring us was the downward sword thrust, which yeah. was that yeah. was pretty bad. The down thrust was, was badass when you finally managed to unlock that. Oh, yeah. Man. So and that, it's a thing that, you can't do in a regular Zelda game because of the perspective, right? Yeah, like you it's not you reintroduced until Zelda went 3D. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I think. I, well, I, 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 th I think uh, one of the games we'll talk about later might have mm. introduced something like that. I, I, I remember it had jumping. I don't know if it had down thrust specifically. Jumping slash. But, but yeah, Zelda, Zelda 2, I, I would never, ever, ever shit on it because it's my it's how I learned to love Zelda. Mm. Um, I will. Agreed. It's yeah. not my favorite. <laughs> Still got a though. soft spot for it. Yeah, uh, it's not I as bad too. as Skyward Sword, but I, it's not my favorite. It yeah. also had a commercial that I never saw when it was on the air. Zelda but was oh, wait, no. Kind of, no, that was the first one. This one Link's is a little bit creepier. Zelda! The legend of Zelda continues. Defeat your enemies and save the kingdom. Beware. Some will help you, others will betray you. I can you. restore life. I can give magic. I can, can, can. I cannot help you. Zelda! Use your sword. Find the crystals. Rescue the princess. Zelda! Zelda! Zelda 2, the adventure of Link, only from Nintendo. Now you're playing with power. I kind of love this ad because you've yeah. got like an actor dressed as Link and he's like banging on a giant wall that is supposed to be the chamber in which Zelda is sleeping, but it just yeah. has like that that the sprites projected on like that that room in the game. Mm -hmm. it, it's 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 bookend this commercial is bookended with two rap commercials. Mm -hmm. The awful first one and the wonderful Link's Awakening one. Get yeah. Down with Zelda from the very start. I got the heart. It's great. Yeah. Uh, but, but but like straightforward like marketing Zelda like now they for almost ever after they used gameplay footage but like no this is like a Lord of the Rings sword and shield game like uh, sure they almost never marketed it like that. Also the, the I can restore life like I I heard this this story. They, they, there's a, a woman in there whispering, like, I can restore life. But the, there's the, the women in the game, like, there's the, the old women that you follow them into their house, and they, I can give you magic, and they refill your magic. And then there's the young women that follow them into their house, like, I can refill your life. And uh, just destroy all my ceramics. I, I had a friend, <laughs> yeah, who, I, I don't know if this is legit or if this is just an urban legend that somehow made it to my school but he said that like he had a friend who called the uh the the play counselors the nintendo the, right. the, the legendary people you'd call and they'd give you all the tips and uh he asked him like so what is that woman doing with link when she brings him into her house and the guy just said what do you think she's doing i love that room <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Link's being hell of unfaithful. Uh, without without seeing that commercial when you played it, I, mm -hmm. in my head, I guess I kind of imagined that was supposed to be Link's shadow talking to him. Mm. But, no, it's just supposed to be the townspeople. 
Interesting. But, but it, they, they're uh, another thing in a very menacing way. Another thing I uh, like, I think people forget, and by people I mean me, uh, this is a very direct follow-up to Zelda. And if mm-hmm. you look at the Japanese art, uh, the first it's there's six years between this and the first Zelda, and one is Link as a kid, and one is Link as a teenager. Yep. And and like part of Ocarina's thing, like we gotta marry these two famous concepts. And like up until Ocarina, in my world, Zelda was not famous yet. Mm. Uh, it was it was not uh, like something about Link to the Past. People eventually understood and like Zelda's the shit. But uh, but yeah, Ocarina was when it was like this blockbuster, and and that's it's marrying those two two versions of Link together. Teenage Link and Young Link. Yeah, sixteen-year-old Link marrying ten-year-old Link. It's not gross at all. No, no, not at all. It's legal <laughs> in Kentucky. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. which is where Zelda is set. I'm tired mm-hmm. of saying this, people. I'm yeah. tired is, of it. Is that the state where they just voted on a law to make sure that they codified it where it w- it would remain legal? Like they were trying to ban uh, child marriage, and they said, no, 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 women's rights. We want to keep make sure they have the ability to marry as young, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's it's. It was, uh, yeah, Senator, I'd like to keep this law <laughs> cemented. Yeah, there it is. It, I think it was like I'm, West Virginia or one of those. But I'd still like to be able to establish a common law relationship between a man as they are mm-hmm. 15. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, Zelda 2, it was... I, I think it's it's underrated, honestly. Um, it hasn't like only that one Adventure Time game is like no, this is a Zelda two inspired game. Yeah. Uh, but but like that to me was like yeah, there are fans of this, and like mm-hmm. a lot of people grew up playing this. It just isn't where Zelda settled in terms of its format. I mean, yeah. when when you you mentioned a link to the past when that came out, yeah, I, I know me growing up that I saved up all summer to buy a Super Nintendo, and then when I got it with nice. a link to the past, my fucking world exploded. Like I was like, God damn, RPGs can be this cool. I think I think it took me a little time. I think I had to play Zelda two before I cared about Link to the Past. Really? Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. But it, remember, it wasn't out at launch either, so like it was like. A glimmer in the in my eye when I had mm-hmm. a Super Nintendo. Yeah. Well, I think I think also like you know trying to dissect my own Zelda fandom in my head while we're talking about this. Like, yeah, Zelda Two was the first game that I really played and finished, but also like Zelda was kind of part of this media juggernaut Nintendo was doing in the eighties that we mm-hmm. tend to forget about, where like Mario and yeah. Zelda were fucking huge, yes. and Zelda was like the quote unquote serious property for D and D nerds. And they had, like, the Friday show on the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, right. which was god-awful. But, uh, well, it's me. Yeah. Me. Well, I, like, in, in my memory, like, I remember being kind of baffled by that because Mario was a household thing for everybody, all of my peers. But Zelda wasn't at that point. Not in the Nintendo serial era, not in the uh, Super Mario Brothers Super Show era. Uh, that took longer. Yeah, if you have to play a game and finish it, Mario 2 or Zelda 2? Mm, For me, Mario I 2. can finish Mario 2 very quickly. Yeah. I love that fucking game. Just hold B and run I, I, I'm not kidding. I do it like <laughs> twice a year. As long as we're on classic Nintendo games, listen to the music in this real quick. Zelda! The Legend of Zelda continues. Defeat your enemies and save the kingdom. So am, am I going bonkers or is that Metroid music? 
Yeah, hell, that sounds like Mortal Kombat. Like music when you do it like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I, yeah, that commercial for a long time. When I heard the word Zelda, I would Zelda. I would, mm-hmm. I would do that when my friends brought up the game, like for a, a little while. So I forgot how much that commercial resonated with me. Man. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to move on to oh. number four. Fuck yeah! This is the best song ever. Matt, when you're in Japan, listen to this while you're on a train. Mm. Will do. I don't care how long you listen to play. That's it. Like, it's, it so never good. ends. Oh, there it goes. I mean, it might it might go on a little long like some of those train sequences yeah. in Spirit Tracks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love I it. Can you do that wanna, every show? I almost want to say I, I got a bit of a deja vu. I was thinking we were on VG Empire there for a minute. I was like, we got to bring Brett back and mm-hmm. do the do the Zelda music thing. But he can only talk about Sony music. Uh, like That's true. Right. Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spirit Tracks. Yes. Yeah, so this is when I when I mentioned earlier, like. Oh, it's uh, New Zelda and Link, but same world. So this is the sequel to Phantom Hourglass, which was the sequel to Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is the sort of indirect hand-me-down sequel to a direct sequel. But of the two DS games, I kind of feel like this is the more interesting one, and this is the more memorable one, it's... even though you do have to go back to the silly uh, ghost dungeon over and over and over again. Yes, but there were but there were new fighting mechanics that were really fun and I think employed mm. Zelda in a fucking much more substantial, as the character, a much more substantial way than any other game. Oh, absolutely. She's like almost playable in this. Yeah. Sort of, sort of She's a, your assist, your yeah. summon. She's a sidekick. She's like, you know, Midna in, uh, in Twilight Princess. But hey. she... Yeah, she's always... No, that's Navi. That's Navi. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, no, Zelda, yeah. So er- early on in, in Spirit Tracks, Zelda is murdered, more or less, quote-unquote, by Chancellor Cole. He wears two little hats on his head, two little top hats, because he's hiding two little horns. And uh, he's a bad guy, and he separates Zelda's soul from her body... And it runs away, and he takes the body to resurrect uh, Maladus, who's uh, you know a new, different bad guy, new exciting villain. Uh, but yeah, that that whole scene here, it's, here's a clip. <laughs> soul floats up out of her body. <laughs> you don't often get voices in Zelda games. Got to got to treasure it where you can find it. Thank you. Uh huh. Yeah, that's true. Thank you. Uh, and uh, but the the twist is that uh, in certain places Zelda can possess. They're called phantoms. They're really just big animated suits of armor 
But when she does this, you have one of them that is your sidekick and that you can order through a dungeon by using the stylus to draw paths for it. So it can, like, you know, walk through hazards that you can't get through, like spikes or lava and hit switches and open the pathway ahead for you. But uh, because it's Zelda, it does get scared of mice. I would have rolled out like a re-release of these two Zelda games, but I really, I'm especially charmed by Spirit Tracks more so than Phantom Hourglass, but they mm. are very stylus reliant. Oh, absolutely. Like, but it, you know, it could be done on a Switch tomorrow if Nintendo really wanted to tackle it, but I just don't know that they will. Well, I mean, you know, if if Metroid Prime got a whole new, and and Skyward Sword both got whole new control arrangements on Switch, yeah, I, but they could, they could, well, no, like this could happen. You could do it on Wii U, hmm. not necessarily on Switch, yeah, but uh, you can do it on Switch. But I thought I thought this was the more charming. Wind Waker spinoff mm. as opposed to Phantom Hourglass. Were um, you guys all big Wind Waker fans? Yes. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. Mm. I, I think my issue was Phantom Hourglass just felt like more of the same but kind of a smaller Wind Waker because it was so similar. Mm. And Spirit Tracks was like based in the same world, similar character styles and stuff, but was doing enough different that I'm like, yeah, okay. So I, I, I love living in this world again, but I don't, I don't, it's not constantly reminding me, like, hey, this is a scaled-down version of Wind Waker, basically. Yeah, and, and it kind of lessens the amount of backtracking that's required in Phantom Hourglass. And even if there is a lot of backtracking, there's mm. different ways to go about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I'm trying to remember, because, like, Phantom Hourglass, like, all the combat was based on stylus taps, for yeah. the most part. It's still based on stylus taps. Yeah. Well, sty- like, you know, you, you drag the stylus to slash or... Uh, you know, it was you awesome. Tap to, to move Link around. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It uh, was awesome and, and ended up making one of my more favorite Smash annoying. Brothers levels mm. um, ever, ever, ever. Because the train uh, is a great oh, Smash oh, level. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's cool. Uh, and yeah, the train controls are a ton of fun also. That like, uh, you know, it goes different speeds. You've got like an, an old timey switch that goes up to maximum speed or stops you. You've got like a little whistle that you can pull using the stylus. You've got a cannon that you can fire by yeah, tapping on shooting. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Now cool. you, there. Full disclosure: I, the two on the list that I saw, and I won't spoil anything, but the two mm. that I saw, I was like, this was one of them that I I never played because this is the era where I, I was literally having like my second or first child. Oh, and wow. I remember mm. distinctly maybe getting to game occasionally and just playing Bioshock at the time, but not really paying much attention to the DS. And you mentioned the train. Is this like, does this kind of have like a, almost like a steampunky vibe or? Yeah. No. Yeah. It does. Okay. A little bit. Well, like the train is magic, but like you're the, one of the Royal conductors or engineers or something like that at the start of the game have a little little uniform that you wear before you get the green outfit see i would love to see a a game like like those that era of those games be remade on the switch or you know ported over because it would be it would be nice especially for new generations who get into especially like breath of the wild and stuff like that to be able to go back i think it would be quite an endeavor for nintendo to revisit 
mm-hmm. only because of how they've ended up revisiting Zelda's, which is much more elaborate than regular remasters. And I just don't know how the 2DS or 3DS is ever going to figure into that. I hope, I hope they they come up with some solution because that yeah. I said it on another show. I have 3DS might be my favorite era of gaming. Like, uh, you know, I was both publisher side and journalist side, but like I was taking this thing everywhere and utilizing every feature of it. And this, this has like download multiplayer, <laughs> like one of the last Zelda games, uh, other than Triforce heroes with multiplayer, uh, enhancements. See and... if we could just figure out a way where the world just becomes a mega city and everybody's on trains then mm. maybe everybody <laughs> adopts the, the DS lifestyle or something. Mm. Mm-hmm. True. Maybe. Oh, Maybe. Yeah. Look, I'm, uh, I, I do feel like this game is, it's sort of a, f- a forgotten Zelda game. Like, we try to talk about it on this show as much as we can because, like, yeah, it doesn't really get brought up that much. Well, you know? I, th- like, I think it's it's super memorable because of, like, the, you know, the trains and the music. But then, like, if you ask me to explain anything else about the game, I'm going to have to go back and replay because uh, <laughs> the rest kind yeah. of fades into memory. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's very much the Wind Waker formula, but instead mm-hmm. of sailing from island to island, you just go from train stop to train stop, and then, like, each train stop is sort of has little encounters, a little bit like yeah. the islands. You kind of explore a little section of the of the overworld map, and then and then you move on. So it, it's right, and that's 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 why I put this ahead of Phantom Hourglass because in terms of the train travel, it is the true successor to uh, Wind Waker, hmm. it, it just with a, a mildly different way, manner of traversal. One that I preferred, despite I know it kind of sucks because it really. Hmm did suck to backtrack in that game because you might have to endure like a three minute <laughs> there's a reason they sequence. put a cannon on the train is they quickly realize like oh shit it sort of sucks to backtrack mm-hmm. unless you have a thing to do we, so we gotta have evil a... trains with spooky music that chase after you <laughs> but but how often can you call a zelda game an on-rail shooter hey. not very hey, i guess that. link's crossbow training i never played that is it on rails i don't care i yeah it's uh, a shooter no, or something oh, yeah. all right well i mean sort of let's move along to Number three. Uh, the the key is in the type of instrument being used there. There, uh, Majora. Yeah, yeah, Majora's Mask. Uh, so it was just like one of the weirdest Nintendo games ever made to the mm. point where uh, it, it became part of one of a, like, like a very visible creepy pasta a bunch yeah. of years ago, Ben so drowned good. and they did not have to try that hard to this game feels like a creepy pasta. Yeah. To real. sell the idea of a haunted Majora's mask cartridge, because there's something inherently strange and creepy about it. Uh, the link, basically gets dragged off into an, an Alice in Wonderland style parallel world by a skull kid who's been possessed by Majora's mask. And uh, Link is forcibly turned into a Deku scrub, which is like the lowest tier enemy in Ocarina yeah. of Time. And you have to try and get around like that and survive for three days and maybe try and stop the big scary moon from crashing into the planet and killing everybody. Uh, but you can't. I don't want no Deku scrubs. The scrub is the link that can get no love from me. <laughs> there it is. Hanging out <laughs> the passenger side. Never mind. Yeah. But Teddy Pendergrass? What are we talking here? 
and, and it all starts Scrubs. off. <laughs> Matt, did you say you were a musician? Maybe because you were you were you were singing some sweet bars here with some with some very old references. That's that that's my deal. As I you know, it has to be '90s or before. I I I love Majora's reputation as one of the most elegant and thoughtful asset flips in history. Like they did it in I think less than a year, which is impressive. Which was what Spirit Tracks was supposed to be, but they kept elongating it because. Majora's Mask didn't have a good reputation around mm. that point. And I, I think kind of deservedly so. It's very weird. It's weird that, and it's difficult to get into if you're a Zelda and, and, fan, and the optimizations put into the new 3DS version, which most people probably never played, are so... Might be the biggest quality of life improvements of any Zelda remake. Do you um, think it's the older gamers who played Majora's Mask who might be worried about Tears of the Kingdom that are like, oh, well, this is too similar to the other. It's not enough. Of there's a, a little bit. Yeah, I, I definitely have a little bit of trepidation. But like when I went back and played Majora's Mask, it's a game that is definitely aged well. It's like, oh, no, this this is actually a really good game. I, I think at the time I felt a little cheated. Like, wow, this is this is such an asset swap. You know, like it's the only Nintendo game I could ever claim that like this plays like a mod, like it feels yeah. like a mod yeah. of of, yeah. of Zelda. Well, you know? to the point where like familiar characters take on very different roles. Like yes. the the mask seller uh, who is just like he's just a merchant with a kind of weird face in Ocarina of Time, and here he becomes like I think this character might be the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he just shows up. It's like, oh, you suffered a terrible fate, haven't you? And then he's he's just mysteriously there, and it's just like, oh, my mask brings so much joy, but this one just got away. And can you please, like, this mask is the embodiment of evil in this world, and uh, it was stolen from him. And like, no, you have to go bring it back to him so he can do whatever he's going to do with it. Mm. Uh, There's something very Faustian packed about the intro to this game for mm-hmm. sure, with the whole mask deal. Because yeah. it, it, it does feel like, uh, yeah, mod is a great way to put it. Like a, a but, but like a side cool. Like uh, mm. we're gonna we're gonna take this play and recast all the actors in different parts. Mm. And if you've seen the first, you're gonna really gonna get this hardcore. And there's there's so much to love about the game if you can overcome the awfulness of like me <laughs> uh getting through the first bit of it mm. and the, the the newer game is better with that but lord knows if you'll see a port of that anyway. did you like having a it... sword guess what now you got a pointy no, hat and you blow right. bubbles with your nose yeah. well, they made it harder to play too than the original right because didn't it require the memory expansion or it, it was enhanced somehow with the memory expansion I, on an yeah, 64 it, it did use the the memory pack which, I don't remember, but it, it Ocarina was, didn't, right? And it so was, it was a launch new 3DS exclusive, meaning people who had 3DSs for five years couldn't play it with certain features, including the 3D analog stick, hmm. which makes it a goddamn breeze. I got one at launch, so that helped. But it, it but oh, I mean, yeah, I, the, I had a base 3DS and could play it, but I was probably maybe totally. locked off from certain features. Like, but I, the I, optimal I, way to play it, I don't blame. There, there, it has to have the fewest adopters because it's not the most popular yeah. Zelda game. 
uh, in the first place. It, no, it, but the people who I mean, it has quite a following. It's it's I mean, cult classic. It's it's weird to refer to a Zelda game as a cult classic, but right. this is the one that would apply. Well, now it's yeah. like hot topic royalty too. I mean, you yeah, you because it's, it's like, like the goth fucking, Zelda. So it's fucking Twin Peaks, and you you have to enjoy it on every level as all of these critics do, and it's deliberately weird and ambiguous and. I'm not shitting on Twin Peaks or or, or Majora's Mask, but it's like yeah. I still like have my issues with it. But I'm so glad it exists. I think Michael Nailed it. It's very, it's very Alice in Wonderland, or even like Wizard of Oz, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, that was a that guy you that were she there, saw and you were there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's weird. It's yeah that that upside down parallel world. Nothing's quite right. People you recognize don't recognize you. Uh, and you know, the, it, it's led to a lot of fan theories that like, maybe Link is dead. Maybe this is him exploring the Bardo or the afterlife, you know, the Bardo being the afterlife between lives. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's, it's just a weird, weird game. Uh, you will end up retreading a lot of the same ground. Like if you can't finish one of the quests in the three days that you're allotted, you'll have to mm-hmm. go back in time and start over. And it's kind of a hassle. And Dark Alice in Wonderland is a great premise. I mean, just ask yeah. American McGee. He knows. Exactly. His whole career has been that. Majora's Mask also gave us one of the latter day Zelda series most enduring characters. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll give you a hint. This guy had his own DS game. Oh, is this Tingle? It's Tingle. Peter Tingle. Tingle, Tingle, the who in his first appearance was a thirty-five-year-old man who dressed in a green leotard because he's obsessed with fairies and he wants to be a fairy Mm -hmm. and he's friendly toward Link because Link has a fairy. So he's like. I want to be friends with your fairy. And his dad is completely exasperated with him. I was reading in the wiki. He refers to him as a child, even though he's 35. <laughs> this entire character he looks, he looks feels exactly like Nintendo. Like my dad. Hmm. This, this entire character feels like Nintendo subtweeting all Nintendo fanboys. Like mm-hmm. it, it is like the only time I've ever felt like Nintendo was trying to insult its fan base with a character. Like, yeah, this is you. Or, or no, it's, 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 it's or, the best proof you have. They're trying to creep you out. Peter mm, Tingle mm. is in that new commercial that Zelda, re- that Nintendo released. That's him. It's just him as oh. a modest businessman. And then he's they like, finally he's took off his leotard. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that, that's though, before the leotard. That's like what his life was like before. And the leotard is his true self. We, his all, we all know he's a svelte Wario in a always <laughs> sunny green, green guy costume. And wow. <laughs> <laughs> And, and yeah, they they definitely cutified Tingle for the sequels, but in this one, he's he's just like kind of an ugly, craggy face guy with like a big red nose, and uh, yeah, and he flies around on a balloon and has his secret words that are Tingle's own that he wrote himself. Don't copy them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and but I also like to bring it up because how old is this now? It's over twenty years old, right? It was like two thousand, I want to say ninety nine, yeah, two thousand, and- somewhere in there. I think it's the last time we got an exclusive console sequel to a Zelda game. Hmm. 
Well, you mean exclusive in that it didn't carry over like, to the next Like, you know, console. Breath of the Wild released on Wii U and Switch mm-hmm, and shit. Mm-hmm. But those are, like, different engines, different stuff happening there. Uh, yeah, like, the only time yeah. Zelda got a console follow-up that wasn't a remake hmm. is Majora's Mask. And, like, if you asked me would I prefer more remasters or more things like Majora's Mask, I'd probably lean towards, like... Give me more Majora's Mask stuff. Yeah, Other, um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, on console, you're right. Handheld, there's been a few, but you're right. Totally, yeah, this, totally. Tears of the Kingdom is the first time that there will be a true second Zelda game on the platform that doesn't carry over into the next gen or isn't yeah. a remake. Since yeah. Majora. And since, since Zelda Majora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but one of the things that I think is neat about Majora's Mask is that like all of the masks... The, the, the first uh, the Ocarina of Time gave you the ocarina, and that was your musical instrument. But all of the masks uh, that come with transformations in Majora's Mask all have their own instruments. So the the Deku Scrub has, like, these horns that pop out from your back. The, uh, the Zora Mask gives you, like, an electric guitar. And you can find videos of people on YouTube playing basically, like... Just re-recording symphonies. tracks of yeah to create symphonies, and uh, here is uh, Big Fat Frown on YouTube playing Toto's Africa. <laughs> I remember the time I've seen out of while. I'm like, I'm one of the few people in the universe. Just wanted to play that, through the whole chorus. That's sorry. probably better than the Weezer version. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. You can hear the Deku horns, the Goron drums. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. And that just made me want to play Outer Wilds, though. I'll be honest with you, uh, like that. <laughs> Bless the brains. Mm-hmm. Uh, Majora, like I have more respect than I have love for Majora. Hmm. I can't say I fully love the game, but I just appreciate it. Yeah. On so many levels, and I, I'll never, I've never finished it. Never. Me either. It's, but it's it's one of those things that's just like, yeah, I love talking about it. I love reading about it. Every time I try to play it, I my interest just kind of falls apart. But it always, yep, like, the I've idea of it is really through. cool. Right. I always get about halfway through and then go, okay, mm-hmm. I'm done with this. Uh, even more so than Link, uh, 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 Adventures of Link, it's very not Zelda. You have to appreciate them taking chances. That's that's yeah. the yeah, one yeah, yeah. thing that I love Nintendo the most about is mm. that every single time one of their games comes out, there's at least a mechanic or a gameplay design or something that changes the formula somewhat. Yeah, I was walking around to Best Buy today and like there's all these Zelda digital cards. Like, what the fuck is this even for? And then like, oh yeah, the expansion pack. 20 bucks and like this isn't worth $20 five years in. Uh, make a weirdo Majora's thing using all the assets of Breath of the Wild. I would have much preferred something like that. Give me something weird in the same universe. Give me Undead Nightmare inside yeah. Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Redead Nightmare. Redead Nightmare. <laughs> it's filled with naked dead dudes who keep hugging you when you get close. Gross. Give I want to kill Bigfoot. Uh, give, me time, give me Time Crisis Hyrule. Sure. <laughs> Or reload, tingles, reload, tingles, hey, listen, ace, reload, 
<laughs> Tingles Link's, Ace Attorney. Yeah. <laughs> Link's crossbow training too. Why not? Sure. Uh, it's it, it's a it's a much better scenario because I think what we're not what I was yelling with with a friend on text because he's like. Yeah, you know, I I love Breath of the Wild, but I only just finished it. I'm like, that's your fucking fault. I finished it mm. like six years ago, and yeah. I've been waiting for. And 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 previously, we had portable Zelda games to fill those gaps, and we didn't have that. We only had Link's Awakening mm-hmm. uh, remake, which I did not like. Well, funny you should mention that because ah. number two. <laughs> Uh, I know you didn't like it, but uh, that is lovably twee as fuck. What? Mm. What is this title once again? Link's Awakening. <laughs> the first I love amiibo I ever paid for was this amiibo as a as uh. little. P- plasticky looking link i think because i'd seen it in your in your game room recording studio there mike mm-hmm. i'm like that is that that's is something beautiful. i want it's, it's so goddamn cute they made him deliberately yeah. toyetic mm-hmm. and and I, I, I i've told that story years ago but i love it in a group with a bunch of other gamey people and he was uh playing a different zelda and his daughter had only seen link's awakening and she's like that's not smooth link and he's like did she just give a like a cool teenage nickname to Link? Like, no, it's just that he's smooth in he's that smooth. game. <laughs> he's smooth Link, and like, and I, I, every time I look at the amiibo, I think it's smooth Link. Yeah. You know what I love about Toyetic Link is he just keeps running and running, barely requires maintenance, just super reliable Link. I it's a Toyota joke, you assholes. Uh, that is a Toyota. Oh, oh, oh. okay. Wow. Well, I hearing that music, man. I love. I just love the music from the, those games, and that this is from the uh, the remake that he did of the yeah. one yeah. that came to the Switch. Yeah. I yeah. love that game personally, and Chris, I'm a huge fan of yours and everything. <laughs> but, but I I did I really did love it, and that, no, and, and please, this is me being angry about being stuck because it operates differently than other Zelda games. Well, you mentioned the whole thing about, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Twin Peaks. Mm -hmm. And like this game specifically was inspired by, by that at the time when it was, when it was made. I mean, it's a, a fish God needs to wake up and then it it kind of is a dream, right? It's like this Elseworld Zelda. Like it's, Mm -hmm. that's kind of Mm -hmm. how it's regarded internally and was before they ever established everything is Canon, but it's a direct sequel to three, but it may have never happened. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it's weird because it's like, I I think canonically, yes, it's a dream, but it's not Link's dream. He wound up in some like whale God's dream, which is called, yes, the wind fish, but it very clearly looks like a whale. Mm-hmm. With, with with little wings, uh, the like if Lisa Frank made a flying whale, that's that's the windfish, <laughs> uh, and yeah, and you also like it's it's just so much fucking whimsy, especially yes. in the the remake. One of the things you have to do is learn tunes that you can then play on an ocarina from creatures in caves. One of them being a sunfish that lives in a little grotto. 
named Monbo, and he teaches you Monbo's Monbo Monbo's Mambo. Number five. A little bit of Monaco in my life. <laughs> had to hear the whole thing sorry it's just no. the way it goes you can't not hear the entire monbo's mambo uh <laughs> it's, it's so it's such a cute game and it was really fun for me because that was the first zelda game that my uh 12 year old played and she oh. loved it like was I, it the the re the second the remake. remake or the first remake the switch the yeah so th- this game was made three times it was on mm-hmm. originally on game boy and then it, yeah. there was a Game Boy Color DX enhanced remake that, like, added, among other things, some little cutscenes that weren't in the original. Uh, it's one of the first dungeon. Zelda games with, with cutscenes like that. I love the opening of this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, also a, a established the, uh, right. the red and blue tunics. That that was from that version of the game. Like, the, the one gives you higher attack, one gives you better defense. That was uh, in this game. I mean, they were in the first game also, but, uh, like, the in, very first the Zelda. original Zelda? Really? Yeah. I yeah you get, you get the all. blue ring and the red ring and they they're really just all about protection. Uh yeah. they don't just they don't bestow anything different. Now what was the tie in with this one with the Game Boy printer? Cuz this one also this was <laughs> when we talk about the weirdest Zeldas, this this ranks up there for all the crazy shit they did with it. That is so. a good question. I don't think what I've do heard look? anything about that. Uh there's there's <laughs> it's oh it's I'm reading it right now. It is it's like there's like a you could take photos, and then if you visit a camera shop, you can print out those photos on your Game Boy printer. Does the Game Boy printer come with like any discount for the Virtual Boy uh, pager? <laughs> well, no. The thing is, though, the printer itself very cheap. It's the ink. That's where they get you with the Game Boy printer. Uh, oh, I'm blowing up. My Virtual Boy is lonely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so yeah, they I think they they'd introduced an in-game camera with the the Game Boy Color version. So this is like one of the first games with a quote-unquote photo mode. And really, Mm -hmm. it's like you take photos in-game, but it's it's like, oh, you've unlocked this little uh, pre-made... It's just art. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just, just it's, it's just here's some it's, pixel it's, art of this character. There's a great sh- thing where like Link takes a photo together with a Zora, and Link's expression in the photo is just like total disgust. Like I'm kind of smiling, but I really don't want to be here. This really squicks me yeah. out right now. Well, you don't know where that Zora's fin was. That's uh, true. So these creatures used to throw fireballs at him all the time. You can't you can't really trust them. It's true. Yeah. Who but, knows what a, a god whale's kink is? Anyways, you know. Is this is this the Zelda that had the Toad boss from Mario Two yes, or it, something? That's what I was yeah. just about to say. It's the most significant Mario crossover. That's right. Yeah. In a Zelda game, I think uh, yeah, it's got Goombas in it. Also, yeah, yeah. Like uh, they've they've met in like you know Smash and Mario RPG and shit, but like they're optimized Zelda bosses. Uh, Wart, mm-hmm. who has never been fightable ever again as far as i know other than the pinball game i'm pretty sure there was a zelda crossover into final fantasy too like there was a a tombstone with a link on in one of the games really Hmm. oh no 
Well, I do cool. remember the Mario crossover. Sounds like it has to be Four Swords Adventures, the game I had the least experience with. <laughs> I do remember like the Mario stained glass windows in, in what is that, Ocarina, I think it was, or but you could only see it from yeah, a very but like, certain but angle. These, this is an actual character and it's like yeah, the, yeah. Wart's only other significant appearance is in right. Link's Awakening. I, I don't even know what he I didn't get to see him in the remake. Is he in the remake? I don't it, actually remember. The I, play, Wart I played character? the remake. I think so, yeah. The I, the remake really just showed me like the game was probably memorable back in the day because of its handheld nature. Like it was an amazing mm-hmm. game for being on a handheld on system board. at the time. Well, the yeah. fact that you had a system that was basically like a black and white NES, and you got it to look like uh, Links uh, or Link to the Past. Link to the past. Yeah, it, it looked like Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder. It's like, is that why they abandoned the Zelda two style and just so they could. This is how Zelda's look. Sorry, mm-hmm. until we can figure out 3D, that's how they'll look moving forward. And they did on handhelds for a very long time. Yeah. Well, I mean, Zelda 2 also came from an era when it wasn't at all uncommon for a video game right. sequel to be completely different. Than throw the game it before. all out! Yeah, throw it all out. So, <laughs> like, look at Donkey Kong. You got the original Donkey Kong. You got Donkey Kong Jr., which is about climbing on vines and, and collecting keys. You've got uh, Donkey Kong 3, which is basically space invaders with a giant ape. Uh, they're co- all completely yes. different. Simon's Quest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we can't, like, we want to make money off the original for so long because the lifespan of this is supposed to be 10 years. We can't make the exact same thing again. Right. Donkey Kong in space sounds like Twin Peaks again. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I think if you could look up on Netflix, uh, David Lynch is what Jack did. It's just David Lynch interrogating a monkey for murder. Mm-hmm. And he's also Ending voicing the, the monkey, which is in one s- time we dance in it's, space. No one can hear you. Ook. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a short film, but by short, I mean 17 minutes. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's on Netflix. Cool. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Netflix exclusive. Check that out. It, for some reason, it popped up in my top recommended thing the other day. I'm like, why is this my second most recommended thing? I need to use Netflix. <laughs> Vigil Game Apocalypse for all your David Lynch short film recommendation <laughs> needs. You're welcome. <laughs> so, but but I, I just thought of a question I would love to ask you guys. Now Please. that Mario's made a billion dollars in the movie theaters, do you guys have mm. like a thing that you would love? I mean, obviously Zelda's probably coming down the pipe soon, mm. eventually. But if if you could see uh, a film version of a Nintendo property, no, I, like I'm one of the few people who can honestly say I have zero interest. Yeah. Uh, anything Zelda can do well on film, other films have done. And what makes Zelda magic is that it's an interact, interactive product and it mm. revitalizes itself every year. If it comes out and is anything like the Mario movie, it'll be fucking terrible. Yeah. It'll have celebrity voices, pop songs, and be a reference to every Zelda. And like, I think there was a brief news headline I saw like, eh, Zelda movie's kind of not moving right now. Uh yeah, good. Fair enough. I, I'd, yeah, I mean, I think the times that I am least engaged in Zelda games is when the game is trying to tell me the story. Uh-huh. Like even Breath of the Wild, like those fucking flashback scenes, I hated. I it was yeah. like, this is so boring. Totally Just let me you. get back to exploring and doing shit. Let me play my gamey game. I don't care about these characters that are dead now. By the way, I don't give a shit about any it's of these like characters. If you were actually a sword wielding hero back then, like. uh 
And then this guy's grandfather did this. Like, I don't need to know fucking any of that. Yeah. Like, I, I'm the yeah. hero here. Just point who, me at what I need Who gives to kill me the bombs and, and lets solve. me fucking randomly place them against walls and see where there's a secret the, There passes. are times when Breath of the Wild does feel like a sentimental sequel to a game you've never played. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this yes. game doesn't exist, but feel bad about these characters anyway. They were your I friends. I could, go, I could go for, like, an animated Earthbound like something oh, yeah that, agree. Okay, that could I'd be rather see that yeah. before I'd, I'd, I'd like to see a Zelda. there's nothing that's the thing like uh you know just being in this job you think critically about what you want there's nothing i want from a zelda movie other than a reason to go to the movie theater like there's nothing nothing that medium can do for zelda mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. yep and yep Oh well. yeah, I don't. I don't need to know Ganon's motives. He's not necessarily an interesting villain to me. He's just. You know, but what the, if he was voiced by Jack Black? I can't even go. Yeah. I was going to say John Malkovich. Oh, I mean, that, I, I would get behind I John might, Malkovich. Yeah, I would have to. I am so tired of this Link character. Everything is intense with me. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Uh, uh, yeah, John Lovitz. Ah, Link. Some, That's the yes. ticket. Uh, Triforce. I'm yeah, Wind I got, Waker Ganon. I got three of them, the Triforce. See? What uh, was that joke Alex told us his buddy wrote? It was like John Lovitz's Mattress Factory. Like, you're going to like your mattress. I guarantee love it. <laughs> like, like, <what>? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> All right. On that note, we should wrap this up with... I love murder in this game because it sounds like farts. What is it? It really does. Uh, well, it's got to be Triforce Hero. No, incorrect. I really no. want you to take a stand and just pick one of the Oracle games and be like, it's this one. This is the definitive sequel and no <laughs> one can convince me otherwise. This is either Oracle of Ages or Seasons, Which one? whichever Michael no! says it is. No, no, damn it. No. A link between worlds. Thank you. Fucking game where you can rent your weapons. No, yes. thank you. Yes, Hard you rent pass. them from Ravio. Yeah, you don't. You don't need any of those fucking weapons. They're all useless. No, I still disagree with you. You cannot progress in Zelda games without certain tools in certain dungeons. This and is it, them throwing out that format that Breath of the Wild manifested into a 3D game. Like, it, well, you, the format they were throwing out is that you needed to beat a boss to get that power. Yeah, for you, right. you still need the things to get through the dungeons, but you yeah. just rent them. You just rent them, yeah. And you were like, oh, I clearly need the fire rod in this dungeon. We'll go rent it from Ravio, who's taken up residence in my house for some reason. But I, I never did that, <laughs> because to me that felt like, oh, that's their out for kids, maybe, who are playing a Zelda game no, for I the was, first time. I remember like, being very confused by this game, because, like, uh, well, I got to one boss, and I clearly wasn't ready. I must have not have rented the right weapon. And then I, I'm pretty sure I learned you don't need any specific weapon to do anything hmm. uh, in the game, other than, like, unlock secrets. You can progress without ever renting anything from Ribbit. Hmm. Uh, I think it makes things a lot easier. That, that's I, I stopped doing it after, like, I think the last seven bosses, I never used anything that, hmm. that he had. I think, isn't there, like, a, like a rent-to-own thing where I, eventually, like, I didn't have to rent them anymore. Like, they were just Maybe in my inventory. 
I'm I'm actually dying to replay this game. I, have I don't so want to rent. I want to own. It's, uh, no, I, th- I it's think so you great. just you you earn those things from the bosses like you normally do, and that no, that's the you thing. Don't. No, you don't. You don't. Could this be ported no. to the Switch easily, or I think this... it yeah. could be. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think it has a lot of touchscreen functionality, and its big gimmick was this thing right here. Like, if anything, it was more reliant on the 3D to sort of create a sense mm-hmm. of depth. But even that you didn't really need. So, uh, yeah, Link Between Worlds, uh, you're you're up against uh, an enemy, Yuga, who turns people into paintings. And he does that to you, but you have a special bracelet that Ravio gave you. And it lets you move around freely while you're a painting. And you can switch between being a painting and being just regular Link at any it's, time. So there's a bunch of Nintendo puzzles. being... It's Nintendo being brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a bunch of puzzles in this now 3D rendition of uh, Link to the Past's world where you can like, oh, I need to get something that's like on the other side of this cliff and I can just turn into a painting and sidle around the edge mm-hmm. of the cliff and get to where I need to go or get through like a crack in a wall or whatever. It's, it's, it's a really cool One mechanic. of those games where like the 3D becomes kind of vital. Mm-hmm. If you're not seeing gray stone walls on a 3d scale you might not immediately get how this puzzle works Mm -hmm. it's very easy to miss if you don't have the 3d on and it's how Mm. they push the 3ds with third-party games it's fucking brilliant um and and i and again like to talk about zelda remakes i think one of the most significant zelda remakes ever is on the 3ds it's the ocarina of time and Mm -hmm. majora's because like they're like adding polygons and shortening areas and like really cracking it open and i think the very technically the laziest zelda remake is a, a twilight princess because there's just not a lot that's changed it's just re-rezzed mm. so in terms of remaking this game i i don't i don't know that <sighs> there's the budget for that like just because it's it would require so many additional textures and polygons um I mean, to put on a i think system. i think it still looks pretty good uh it, I, you you'd um, have to smooth it out a bit but yeah. uh like you know we, it's easy to forget yeah, yeah, like 3ds probably... games look like ps2 games right like, yeah, yeah. They, the they were really good for handhelds yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way i was complaining about watching a video and it's like a the capture system b you were required as people who made 3DS games to show them at no larger than 240p. They right. had to have an official border around them because they look like dog shit. They're really when you rough. Enlarge them. Yeah. By the way, I looked it up. The way you get items permanently, you have to own the Master Sword first. Then he gives you the option of buying the item. Right, okay. Mm. Thank you. It's been I, a while I since just, I played this. Me too, but I don't remember them being that integral to play and everybody can be defeated with the master sword i played this once and this is where i kind of i felt like there i played a different game than everyone else because i people laud this is like this is the greatest uh, what a 2d top-down zelda of all yes. time I, no not to me it's not i think link to the past still takes that title this this is like a it's fine Zelda. See, that's, I, 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 that's fascinating never... to me i i would almost wonder like as a question for people out there like what is a game that everybody loved that you just weren't feeling? Hmm. I think we've done you... questions of the week like that before for sure. Like, and, and this, this would be toward the top of my list. Like I, I just, yeah. I'm like, it's, it's good because it's a Zelda game. 
I just didn't understand why people were like, this is so special. I'm like, it's fine. It's totally well, fine. Apparently because, because, it's, because it's, it's both a sequel it and a remake. Of yeah, Link it was re-exploring past. a world yeah. you knew, but it is Zelda dabbling in open world. And, and yeah. that to me was more like, like I, I shit on Twilight Princess a bunch, but it's, it's just a personal thing. I was tired of that formula. Mm-hmm. Just tired of that formula. Like, go to this dungeon, unlock thing you'll use once, and then you can go to the other areas. This was just like the original Zelda, where you can just discover something. And it could be the eighth out of ninth bosses, but they didn't have an order. Uh, it would just be a genuine surprise <laughs> when you encountered these bosses. Uh, you weren't told to go there. It was it was awesome. It was like what Miyamoto said when he made Zelda was just like wandering around the Japanese countryside, hoping I would find an Indiana Jones lair somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some it's what it felt like, and I, I thought it was great because if you load up Link to the Past, and I love Link to the Past, but it's just like you can't do shit for a long time, and uh, you can't go here, you can't go there. None of that's a factor here. Uh, you can kind of do, you can kind of go anywhere. And I didn't realize how well I remembered Link to the Past until I wandered around oh, yeah. these like, areas. Oh, like, yeah, oh I know shit, this I, area. I kind of know this map. It's been like 15 years since I've touched this, the original game. It was awesome. Yeah, and it reintroduces the Dark World or something like it in the form of Low Rule, where everybody has uh, doppelgangers that, uh, like, yeah, there's Hyrule and there's Rule, And it's like a, a mirror image, again, with the, the Oz parallel world that you, you fall into. It was it was a really cool way to revisit the formula of Link to the Past, even though, like, it's technically a sequel, even though, like, I didn't really feel like it had a strong connection to the story. But no, it's, it's the almost, same it's, world. It's almost a remake. Yeah. Uh, but 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 re, uh, remix, mm-hmm. I guess you would say because a like it's not, <laughs> I don't know because it's just like it uses the same map and the same areas to deliver a bunch of different experiences mm-hmm. and to wet my appetite because like I, I was never exactly like like Michael always prefers open worlds oh yeah for the most part and I've seen good open worlds and I've seen bad open worlds. I didn't think it was something that could work with every game, but this was just like, oh my God, this is exactly what this series needs. Mm -hmm. This is true to the experience of Zelda. Exploring and discovering, not being having your hand held and things blocked off and slowly unlocking areas. Uh, The feeling feeling of a genuine adventure. And I think that's what makes Breath of the Wild truly special. you may not be able to figure out how to go everywhere immediately, but you kind of can. You can figure out how to uh, craft cold and heat items and shit, but yeah, go, yeah, go find a bunch of lost octopi or whatever. It's, the fuck it's the more Maya advanced, Maya but like, yeah, my criticism of Twilight Princess was like, I am sick of this formula. I'm sick of this style, and I didn't realize that until Link Between Worlds came out, and then Breath of the Wild came out. And like, this is everything, everything. I think I and Miyamoto always wanted Zelda to be. Matt, yeah. what, with 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 regards to Zelda, what is what is your favorite of that series or your favorites? Oh, great question. Um, Breath of the Wild definitely up there. Um, GDI, but it, it's kind of in its own category. Um, Link to the Past, obviously, as I mentioned. Um, I still, I, I know that a lot of people think it hasn't aged well, but I still 
because I haven't gone back and replayed it, Ocarina of Time I still really remember fondly because I, yeah. I it's kind of frozen in time for me. And I don't, that's the thing is, I don't like going back and replaying games that often because I sort of like that nostalgic look of like, hey, yeah. this, this game's very much of a time and a place where I, you know, played it. So yeah, those, those would probably be my, my three favorites. Wind Waker is really up there as well. Um, but Link, Wind Waker, I don't think, I don't think Wind Waker has aged as well. And again, I didn't, play that remake that came out on what it's was amazing. Wii U. It's amazing. I don't think... For me, I, I just like... Wind Waker was all about exploration, but I feel like so many open world games have done that better than Wind Waker did. Like, there wasn't a lot going on. At the end of the day, there wasn't a ton to find in the Wind Waker world as you're exploring. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I have a lot of favorites. Zelda is one of my favorite series of all time. Yeah, and that's... Didn't the remaster on Wii U, like, make a bunch of improvements to Wind Waker? Yes. Like, a ton of quality sure of life stuff. There's a lot less backtracking ar- across the ocean. If you were to argue which Zelda remake had the best quality of life improvements, it's either Majora's Mask or Wind Waker HD. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the things improved in Majora's Mask, um, fans weren't asking for. The things improved in Wind Waker HD are like, the traversal is taking a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, holy shit. And, like, oh, well, that's an actual fix. Whereas, like, Majora's Mask, like, oh, this makes more sense. And players know exactly what to do faster. Yeah. Whereas the experience of Wind Waker is streamlined. I, I again, I could go back and forth. Uh, I'm going to send you guys something because it's one of my favorite things ever. They're making a top-down 2D Zelda in the 3D era. Did you ever see those screenshots Nintendo release of what the game actually looks like if you were to be able to move the camera around? Oh, I mean this. I've seen other versions where games do this, where like, yeah, two and a half D does not mean they fully render a 3D asset. It means they render it for that very particular. (laughs) No, no, no. no. Click the link I got you. Like everybody's doing a crazy gangsta lean. They're walking around like an R. Crumb character, uh, like (laughs) leaning back. See that that, those guys look like they need to have their own Zelda rap going. Yeah. Way too laid back. But yeah, yeah it's hilarious. They're everybody, even the statues are at a lead. Well, it's so uh, that they can read from a, a top-down yeah. angle. But yeah, yeah it, looks, <laughs> it looks absolutely ridiculous. All the statues, Link is just like at a 45-degree angle. Even the rupees are slanted. That's great. Well, frankly, <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised from this perspective. They built these as 3D as they did because they really didn't right. need to. Like, you, yeah, you, don't, you didn't need to like, shade the, steps the side we're of looking this thing. At, like, yeah, they, they didn't need to build anything under those steps. Just, like, have these things yes. freestanding, you know? Yeah. That's weird. That's just wasted time, frankly. <laughs> but, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Zelda Link Between Worlds is our top pick for best Zelda sequel. It, it, your it, top. It is, it is wetting my appetite for Breath of the Wild, which delivered on... All of my expectations, which were all kind of like theoretical and weird, but like it's Link Between Worlds is where I wanted the series to go. And they went there in such a gung ho, balls out, holy shit, can anybody recreate this ever? And it's been seven years. I don't think anybody has. No. No, I mean, Genshin Impact surpassed it in every way, but you you refuse to play that game. Stop it. Even though they have a Dr. Pepper promotion going on right now. Do they really? No, I don't know. <laughs> did you know, seems did like you know there's Honkai Star Rail things in Waze, like the Waze Directions app? 
No. Really? I'm not so, making that up. Go right now and just try to find a location. You, I think you can set the voice to Hawkeye Star Rail. I'm like, this doesn't belong here. This is so obscure to normies. They would see that and be like, what the fuck is Honkai Star Rail? Do we need to play that game? It feels like I a, think we do. Yeah, I think right. we might need to. It was getting I like did. a nine. I got a nine on IGN. Oh, damn. I did, but the, there's nothing that it, like makes me hate an experience like... I'm waking up and starting my invention. Seven currencies! Like, <laughs> Jesus. That's I think the only reason I hadn't started playing it is it's locked to certain... Is it like is it Epic Game Store exclusive? Or it's it's not on, on every PlayStation. platform. Yeah. Are we yes. talking about Genshin? It's epic. No, no, no. Honkai Star Rail. Honkai Star Rail. Oh, don't know what you're talking about. No, Genshin's a masterpiece that you should all play. But uh, yeah. There you go. Honkai you Star guys? Rail is a turn-based RPG uh, on, a, on a space train... That is by the same people who did Same Genshin. people. Meet so, me, Hoyo, yeah. or whatever. If you're not Zelda for the next month, mm. I don't care what you are. It's just Dude, leave, it's leave so weird when it rains, it pours, because like I just got my copy of Star Wars, and now I'm like, mm. shit, because I've heard how amazing Jedi Survivor is, and I have it's it on really console, good. so it's not going to be broken. <laughs> like, it oh. is on PC, apparently, still. Don't so. mind me, boys. I'm just Diablo 4 sneaking in for a smooch. <laughs> you can you can have fun playing that while I play Street Fighter Six because that's. Oh, I will I will say on, on on the the areas I was stuck in in Star Wars, I would go look up a guide on YouTube. I'm like, their frame rate and texture and resolution looks so much better than mine. What exactly is wrong with the PC versions of this game? This looks unbelievably better than my PS5 version. You mm. you were mentioning IGN reviews, Matt. What is has there been a seven out of ten game that you've loved? I, I like a lot of 7 out of 10 Yeah, yeah man, 10 I'm a, I'm a yeah. Earth Defense Force fan I'm for life. I'm a big fan of, of B games uh, of that caliber, absolutely. That's good. Anyway, that has been our top five Zelda sequels. Hope you enjoyed it as you're presumably playing uh, the latest Zelda sequel. Michael, I wanted to say, um, some. I know your last week, your question of the week was... Uh, or was it had to pertain to obscure Star Wars facts? Am I correct? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. What's yes. the most yes. obscure oh, Star Wars fact? You know? I I wanted to mention a couple actually. Did oh, you please. know that uh, George Lucas was going to have In Sync be in an Attack of the Clones? That does sound daughter, familiar. His daughter was a fan, but uh, there's some sort of scheduling conflict. Mm-hmm. But also R two D two probably with Joey Fat one. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't fit in his stormtrooper uniform. Yeah, but no, they uh, also R two D two initially was supposed to uh, speak. He wasn't going to be beat bopping, and he was oh. going to be mean to C three PO. Good, like in the Mad Magazine article. Look it up, kids. I'm not going <laughs> to quote it. Guy deserves it. Actually, I I take back my answer from last week because I you, you just made me remember something more obscure than that the lightsabers were dowels wrapped in reflective tape. It's that George Lucas himself had a cameo as Baron Papanoida, as like this blue-skinned diplomat in episode three alongside his daughter and his adopted son, Jet, appeared as Zet Lucasa, who is a, a Jedi who shows up for about three seconds and like fights some stormtroopers before getting shot down. Motherfucking Nepo babies living off those positions. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, well, that every time else- episode three gets rerun on Cartoon Network, they get a payday. <laughs> Cable's so weird. I don't Sag benefits, anymore. man. Uh, what were you going to say? He also, he also convinced uh, Carrie Fisher that uh, space princesses didn't need to wear a bra. Yeah, so. no bras in space. Mm. No yeah. gravity. Why bother? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah gravity's different. Yeah, yeah once yeah. you eliminate the. Uh, 
primary predator of the tit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Grow. <laughs> And testicles, by the way. Yeah, uh, good luck. Li- have fun looking forward to that when you're 70. Yeah, that's Chris. true, yeah. Look at Lando's camel toe. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> no chalk straps in his face. It's insane. That's called a moose knuckle, isn't no it? support. Yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, no, it's a brontosaurus mm-hmm. knuckle. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, Ryan, are, are you sticking around for the second half, or are we losing you? I, I think I'm going to be jetting, boys. It's, okay. it's almost one over uh, here in Michigan. Once again, where can people find you? Uh... Folks, check us, check me out, uh, Zanzizi Podcast on Apple Zanzizi. and also on Spotify and uh, all the other things. And uh, every week we have episodes that come up Monday and Fridays. So two a week I've been doing lately. And I just had Michael on for the Let Me Solo Her episode. And then also he was on the Court Jesters episode where we talked about the origins, uh, basically, of you- your stand-up comedians. Yeah. Let me ask you a little more in depth. How did you tackle Legend of Zelda? Talking about it as a series or as a whole? Just or a as franchise? a series. It's almost like cool. a like a Cliff Notes version where we we went through each each game of the main game. Like I kind of mentioned like the other like Hyrule Warriors and like Smash Brothers and stuff right. like that. But like Zelda won basically all the way up until Breath of the Wild. I hope you like avoided the official timeline, which oh I, I avoid. I just like, said like if you really want to delve into that, go ahead and buy the Hyrule history. Yeah, it's, it's one page. It's worthless. It's like here are the games we sell, and here are the games we don't, and they're in the alternate timeline. <laughs> right, and uh, there's actually and, like and, three alternate timelines. Yeah, it's right. ridiculous, mm-hmm. and and. To, to me, I ignore it like Spider-Man's face on a subway car in Spider-Man <laughs> Two. Like, I, like New Yorkers don't give a shit. It, uh-uh. It's Zelda, Zelda. It was mostly because, honestly, like I think Matt was mentioning it, but like with those games, I did the same thing. I just immediately was like, get through the cutscene or whatever dialogue. I, all I want to do is explore this world, have yeah. fun, and I can't wait to play Tears of the Kingdom. Is I, I'm sure I'm if I'm listening to this right now, I'm playing it later. You know, my friend was like, "Come over to my house, party on Saturday." I'm like, "No, mm. <laughs> no, I don't need social interaction right now." I don't now. give a shit if you're buck ass naked Gal Gadot right in front of me. I will be no, don't care. <laughs> I I am going to chastise our listeners just a bit here. Sunday is Mother's Day, and True. if you are fortunate enough to still have a mother on this earth. Put down your fucking switch and go see your mom. Give her yeah, a copy it. of Zelda Tears go. of the Kingdom. There you go. I, yeah, I bought that butt slut a fucking ring doorbell <laughs> for her birthday oh like a my week ago. God. So. Ladies and gentlemen, the man who was complaining about not getting an early copy of Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> I, look, don't, hey, don't, don't cry for me. Don't be like me. Not a, I'm not a role model, people. I like, love you, I Chris. This enough. Chris, you're a hilarious, awesome guy. But really. <laughs> <laughs> but stop. But All right. Stop. Well, thank you again for joining us, Ryan. Of and course. on that note, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, uh, the three of us, me, Chris, and Matt, are going to talk about some news, some new releases, some other stuff. So stay tuned. Down with Zelda from the very start. I got the heart. It's Mars to play the part. Down with Zelda. Creeping through with thin overhead view Cause a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do So I stay on track, collect the facts Never cut the slack, and I always watch my back for Jack Sit down, tells him, yeah Sit down, 
I'm the man with the plan Cause the power's in my head And the power's in my hand Let's get scratching Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries And more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show On patreon.com slash laser time It supports not only this show But all the rest of the Laser Time network You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts See exclusive videos first And receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast Bonus time Speaking of which, here's a quick taste 1978, they're shooting Superman 1 and Superman 2 Back to back I'm kind of becoming comic obsessed in the early to mid-80s. I think Superman 3 is on the verge of coming to video, but basically I could just rent the first two over and over again. So I watched those over and over and over again. And to me, they they warm my heart. And by the time the Donner cut came out in, what are we talking, 06? Coinc- 06, I think, yeah. To coincide. Like, I watched it and, like, you know, I read this is technically better. I was a little kid. I didn't know what happened. I didn't want this version. It, I felt nothing when I saw it because, like, this is just not the n- nostalgic version I have for Superman. And Steve has an, an experience I'd like to talk about. It's hard to call any of these movies good because they're all bad and pee in the eye of Superman and, and everything you know about it. Okay, okay. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our second segment, where we're not going to waste any time like we just did in the last segment, talking for hours about Zelda, and we're just going to launch straight into that segment. Here we go. Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is not a game we can talk about because we haven't played it, so we will get into depth on it next week. In the meantime, there is a bunch of cool stuff out this week. Not not a bunch of cool stuff, a few (laughs) cool things, but I think most people wanted to stay out of Zelda's way. A bunch of fodder, a bunch of kindling. Yeah, not really. <laughs> well, will Darkest burn. Dungeon Two, Darkest Dungeon Two, oh, definitely right. is a game with uh, with a big fan following it, who are yeah. we're eagerly anticipating its release. Um, and I I played it a bit, and it's fun. It's you know one of those roguelites that's like this game will crush your spirit, but you have to keep trying because that's where the fun is. Um, yep. and it is it is fun. Um, you know, I was never really a big fan of the first Darkest Dungeon. Not that there's anything wrong with it. it I just haven't played it. With, it's it's a turn-based on... dungeon diving RPG. Yeah, but also it's like the, so. The first one was like a side-scrolling thing where like you'd lead this band of heroes from room to room, and you'd pick their path, and then like you know when you run into monsters, the act you know you stop moving, and now it's a turn-based mm-hmm. RPG battle. Uh, and you know, things like placement in like what, where your characters are placed in the party lineup. Cause they're all single file. That matters. So now, like, you, you know, you want short range fighters in the front, right. long range fighters. And in if, the back. but if they surprise you, your long range fighters end up being in the front yeah. and you get fucked and yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, darkest dungeon two, it's like, well, the, the first one was like, oh, this, this vast sprawling manor has been overtaken by demons and monsters and can you please go clear it out darkest dungeon 2 is this is an apocalypse 
It's like fucking Diablo 3 where uh, demons have taken over everything and have turned the world into a vast wasteland populated by small pockets of survivors. And you have an armored stagecoach. And so your heroes run through various paths to try and, and, you know, get from a starting point to an inn at the end point. And along the way, like, you know, you, you have real-time control over the stagecoach. It's a 3D object, so you can pilot it to, you know, smash through piles of debris and collect treasure. And then you'll, you know, run into a barricade or a building or something. And it's like, okay, now there's a monster encounter. So now everything becomes a turn-based mm. battle, and you have to fight for a while. Does it have the um, – the, the I think one of the, the things the first game had that people likes a lot is it sort of has – they don't call it this, but it's like an insanity system, like in Eternal Dark, yes, like in the game Eternal well, yeah, Darkness, there's, right? It's like, there's uh, a stress system, yeah, and when yeah, your stress, characters yeah. get too much stress, then they start to freak out. They stop performing. Conjure blue I, screens I had of that death. happened when, like, a couple characters just kind of lost it, yeah. and they stopped doing well, they, as they much damage. Well, they get afflictions and, in the first game. Like, one, yeah. they'll become, like, a masochist, and so every few turns they'll hurt themselves or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they can, they can still pick up quirks, both negative and positive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't, I didn't really get far enough to open any of those up. Uh, you know, just a few runs to see what the game is like. Is it, is it hard? And, Cause the first one was brutally hard. Like, like uh, you said, that was, they it, marketed it themselves on that. Like it's, it's meant to, it's like, yeah, this game will, it will be punishing, but rewarding because when you make progress, you'll really feel like you earned it. You know, like it's, it's not so much that like oh you, you know your very first fight is going to be super difficult like it's for me it's pretty easy up to a point like you know you'll you'll just sort of mow through starter mobs and build up experience and then you know you'll get through like a big fight and you know maybe you'll scrape through one of the nice things about big fights is that they come in multiple phases and you can after each phase you can choose to cut and run it's like okay i'm going to either Cut and run and uh, leave and, and c- continue on the quest. At, or I'm going to stay here and continue fighting for bigger rewards. And then I'll eventually get to face a boss. Uh, if you do that and you're not very powerful, you will probably have your whole party wiped. Which, like, that that's the, where the difficulty comes from for me. Like, mm. it's easy, easy, easy. Oh, suddenly this thing is really kicking my ass. And one character died. And when one character died, uh, like, there's so much codependency with the characters that, like, the other characters will probably die pretty quickly afterward. Yeah, that's very much like the first the first game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's yeah, these are hard games. Um, It's quick plug, though. So uh, Chris Baker, who was recently on the show, worked on that game Circus Mm -hmm. Electrique, which I always felt was heavily inspired by the original Darkest Dungeon. Very, very similar in Mm -hmm. game style, Uh, but not as punishing. But if you kind of want to feel what these games play like um, and maybe in a different setting, perhaps a steampunk-esque circus setting, uh, Circus Electric is is probably a good alternative for you. But um, these games have a tremendous following. And Michael and I were kind of talking. It's like, I personally don't get it i don't i i love souls games i love punishing games at times but sometimes where i draw the line is just when games feel mean like intentionally mean and darkest dungeon this series sort of wears that on its sleeve it's like no no we're gonna fuck you 
Like this suck. This is gonna suck. You know, it's. I don't. I don't feel like it was mean. I think it was made it very clear. Like, look, this will be tough. You will n- probably not survive your first run, but that's okay because the experience you gain from this will make you more powerful next time. Sure. And you just need to persevere. Mm. It's like any like, good rogue. I, I like I games it. that yeah, are yeah. that are that are like that. They're like a coach. It's like, okay, you're gonna fail, and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, you just need to be prepared for rogue that. games that introduce like you'll get have a better. tutorial for failure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, and that's the. I'm whole not kidding. Thing, I do. Right? I love like, it. Like it, it, it's very much like yeah. You're not supposed to last, and in your future runs, you're gonna get a little further, yeah. a little bit further every time. Vi- vibes wise, this also reminded me of like the first area of inscription. If uh, <sighs> if you've played yeah. that, where like you know you're going through this linear mini map, and there are places where like there's a fork in the road and like oh i can choose this path and find this thing or this other path and like get a treasure but there's monster there whatever uh so but and and yeah vibes wise it's just it's very dark it's very grim like you know you're going through a ruined extremely dangerous countryside Mm. or woods or city about this the first Um, one's on game pass i saw it there this week yeah there you go give it a shot Hey, yeah. you talk about vibes-wise, very dark, which, duh, Darkest Dungeon. But I hear the next game on the list that you played, Chris, is sort of the opposite Whoa. of that. It's meant to be sort of a light-hearted oh my God. Uh, action RPG. Uh, I Ra- say it's, Ravenlock, it's right? Babby Zelda, but I don't mean that as an insult. It's charming and colorful and bright. Uh, it, like, it's no substitute for me wanting to play Zelda. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but like, you know, people will give you quests in the next area. You'll solve that quest for it's the most part. It's voxel-based, isn't it? Like, that's the part that looked intriguing to me is visually it's it's built on a voxel. You know, we, weirdly, it, it it's the thing it looks the most like one of my favorite games when it's punishing you. Uh, Knights into Dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're not knights and you become one of the kids. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now imagine that kid's a badass and can level up, and that's what it looks like. It's it, uh, yeah. It's kind of got you know it's got indie vibes to it, but um, the leveling up system is kind of fucking nuts because mm-hmm. you can grind as much as you want, and instead of leveling up automatically, you go visit someone else to level you up, and you'll forget sometimes like ah that guy just killed me, and like you can level it's, up. Five yeah, times. the developers, the Coco Cucumber, I guess they're known for. Game I've never never heard of, but when I was reading about this game, everyone kept referencing a game called Echo Generation was one of their previous games, mm-hmm. um, and I think they're oh, yeah. yeah. So that it's this is in that. that series. also very voxel. Yeah, yeah. This is in that series of them experimenting with the voxel stuff. Uh, but it's not it's not very voxely. Like the 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 areas are quite lavish and three D well lit, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot of vibrant colors in this thing, and um, it it feels like a. Balan Wonderworld, if you could do things. <laughs> well put. Yeah, no, I, I watched the trailer. It's like, oh, this looks really cool. This also looks very Zelda-y, and I have to say, you got some real balls going up against you Zelda and Zelda balls. Week. Yeah, um, but, you know, more power to you. But this uh, one's on Game Pass, so, so they're like, hey, yeah. you get the game for free, and it's on a different platform, yeah. so here you, you go. You don't got to switch, A eh? Play play. Red they they release it with Redfall, alongside Redfall, and everyone's like, this is much better than Redfall. Mm. I'm like, oh, it's still a 7 out of 10 game, but maybe. So I didn't play Redfall, but here's my Redfall review. I went to install Redfall 
on my PC through PC Game Pass, and I got a message that said I needed to free up space on my hard disk to do so, and I said no. <laughs> I simply refused to do it. I was like, this game's not worth freeing up any space on my on my hard drive for. So that's my red. It's it's again. I played a couple hours of it. It's not the single player. It's not terrible. It's just like unfinished it feels unfinished and old at the same time we're, like, we're going to talk about it in the news because someone yeah someone yeah. might have responded to that uh, a game here's another game i hate to say it in some places does feel pretty unfinished mostly in the the bits were between the fights so marvel's midnight suns came to the last gen platforms uh xbox one and ps4 they did confirm a little bit ago the switch skews completely canceled no longer happening um, which kind of might indicate to you how well, or lack thereof, the the game sold when it originally came out. Like I still think if you're a Marvel fan, um, there's a lot of fan service in these games, and the moment to moment, like the the actual arena battle stuff, is pretty cool and fun, and and it's fun to see your characters do their character. Isn't that what they like removed you? from the game though? What's that? Uh, they remove like some. Com- oh no, no, sorry, I was saying in development they they remove some conversations. Maybe I don't know, but, but not I mean, not is... not in the the last gen ports. No, I mean the only the only big endorsement I can give this is this is the only recent game to feature Blade. So if you want to play a video game featuring Blade, this is it. Not this, true. This Marvel Snappy shows up way too much. Oh well, the, yes, okay, you're right. Good call there. It's not the same, but uh, yeah. So it's it's on the previous gen uh, systems, and and I do think, um, and it's also been didn't, on sale didn't the, the Harry Potter game so. get stealth released there too? Uh, it. Did I think you're right? Mm. Yeah, Hogwarts Legacy, as if it needed it, because I think I just read they passed a billion dollars in revenue on that game, mm. which is insane. Yeah, it's it's doing quite well. Um, I think Hogwarts though is still coming to Switch, if memory serves. So that'll hmm. that'll be big when that goes there. So. All right. Uh, also, yeah, a little game came out this week from Limited Run that ooh, I just ooh, ooh. pinged my radar on Twitter. And uh, it's out on Switch and uh, PS4, I think. Uh, mm. So it's called Death Wish Enforcers. And if you think, hey, is that related to the uh, well-known 70s and 80s film franchise Death Wish? It kind of is Yay! in an unofficial yeah. way. Um, Does Jeff so Goldblum it- call, call me a goddamn rich cunt? Maybe. I, I killed it while wearing a Jughead too. hat. It's the greatest scene in cinematic history. <laughs> Is Charles Bronson featured in this game? Well, though? let me ask you a question first off. Do you like Sunset Riders? Yeah. Sure. Would you like Sunset Riders if it was just as colorful, but was a parody of 70s and 80s grimy action movies and exploitation? Yes. So uh, this lets you play. It's, again, very colorful. These people inconveniencing my street with their addicts' mental health issues and, uh-huh. let's <laughs> and you, drug let's addictions you play as must the, die. The Death Wish Enforcers, a uh, ruthless group of 1970s police detectives, uh, though they're, they're parodies of four different actors slash characters, only one of which was canonically a cop. Uh, that is Filthy Larry Hardwood. Got it. Uh, yeah, you know who he is. <laughs> got uh, it. Chuck Bronxman. Got it. Uh-huh. I mean, got it. <laughs> get it. Uh, get it. Diana Bang with two Gs. Don't get it. Diana Rigg. It's supposed to be oh. like Emma Peel. Uh, and oh, he says, pretending to recognize that. 
The Avengers, the original 1960s Avengers. Oh, the next one. Oh, the one yeah. with Ralph Fiennes and the weather machine. Yeah, Got sure. it. Uh, you, you know who Diana Rigg is. Tell no. uh, so Tell Jamie I want him to know it was me. Or, no, tell tell Cersei I want her to know it was me. That, that was That's that. her, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last, the last character you'll definitely yeah. know. Though, Cleopatra Love. That one I got. Yeah, that's that's clearly Pam Greer. Pam Greer. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's a it's a side scroller. Uh, shoot 'em up, you know. But sh- it's not like Contra where you've got like machine guns all the time. It's just you know single shot. Like you either got like pistols or a shotgun, and you have to fight characters like the Porn King. Uh, who seems to be based on Ron Jeremy, uh, and, and like you have to, this, this big fat guy, and you have to shoot away the the uh, flower beds on his balcony. That the original Mario, suck it, Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. But and and yeah, and it's it feels almost like narc. <laughs> that like wow, you That's just kind of say yeah, like not not gunning down like homeless people and addicts necessarily, but there's like a bunch of thugs who all look like they're being you know played by tony danza in a muscle shirt and hey uh, i'm strung out and i got no money oh i'm being murdered (laughs) there's like yeah there's a lot of uh you know background characters like prostitutes and flashers and there's like you know girls in lingerie who are tied up that you need to free they're like you know the the metal slug hostages and you know it's it's all I very already silly. love the way it looks. Yeah, is that, it, it is looks that only really available cool. through Limit Run Games, or just something they released this week? No, it's it's online. Okay, but it, they're they're publishing it. Really? So okay, they're publishing it digitally as well as physically, and I think the, the pre-orders are currently open. Uh, but yeah, if you want to just get, grab it digitally, it was available on Switch. It's supposed to be on PlayStation. It wasn't available when I tried to buy it, mm. but uh, settled for the Switch version. I did. <laughs> <laughs> no trophies for me. Sorry. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. it, uh, uh, Ravenlock is the most trophy happy game I've ever oh, seen I in my see. life. But, and yeah, I just I want to point this it. out, and I don't want to be a killjoy. It's no longer cute to give you an achievement when you pet a dog. Hmm. We get it a couple years ago. That was really funny on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh my god! Do I feel no reward at all when I interact with a dog <laughs> and get an achievement for it? Uh, it's, I think it's a kind of fun. Ah. I was a little disappointed Cheap in Ragnarok, easy. where I petted a uh, let's just say a kind of a giant dog, and, and a trophy didn't pop. I was a little disappointed. Mm-hmm. Well, the last two games I played, Ravenlock and Star Wars, get an achievement for petting something. I, I want a trophy for petting the Spammel. I, I also want a trophy for not rage-quitting the game when they called a creature a Spammel. It, it's also weird, like, five points. Like, I don't spit on that. That's not an, ach- <laughs> that's not an achievement. <laughs> but, like, everything you do in Ravenlock the first couple minutes will give you five achievements. You get two when you start the game. Like, if I nice. hit it, start oh, the boy. game, hit one button, boom, achievements. Hmm. Cheap Chivos, here I come. As I've plugged on this show before, that Xbox Rewards app on your console oh, is great, and there's a lot of the time they'll have these like missions that are like, "Hey, pop an achievement in in any game, and you're gonna get you know 500 points or whatever." It's like I try to save games like this for that. I'd be like, "Okay, cool. I'm just gonna boot this game, and I got my achievement." Yeah, man, you're halfway to a free month of Game Pass. Love it. Love that. Cool. And then, of course, yeah, we got the, the big game coming out that you're all probably playing, laughing at us that we're not able to talk about. Uh, 
Trust me, next we're we're playing it as you're listening to this Indeed, as yes. well. Like we know, the we second know. I'm done editing this show, I am up. I'm grabbing Tears of the Kingdom. I don't care if it's three a.m. Yeah. Wish uh, I had that well, option after the after the pandy, all the WalMarts and Targets. The pandy? Mm-hmm. You're yeah. calling it the pandy now? Yeah, it's cute, right? It only killed a million no. people in this country. Um, I'm shocked the government hasn't started doing that to make us completely overlook the fact that we're still in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but all the targets and Walmarts didn't stay open 24 hours or till midnight. And the game stops. And the game stops. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's move along to. <laughs> This is the segment of show that is shit. (laughs) It's your favorite segment. What are you talking about? I I don't even need to play the Hollywood segment music because he did that singing in the background. The mini Hollywood segment. (laughs) We may have our new Johnny Cage for an upcoming. It's not the Miz. Why do we care? Well, here's the surprising part. It's a guy that when you hear who I tell you it is, you're going to be like, that's supposed to be another character. So right now, uh, the boy's own Carl Urban is way too old, is rumored to be playing Johnny Cage, which, of course, your first response, gentlemen, should be, but wait, isn't he a better... Judge Dredd, Kano? Uh, Bones. Kano. He's fucking Kano. 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 Come on. Like, but he's dead. It's weird. But it to me, it, it's like maybe this is not a continuation of that last movie. Maybe that thing was a one-off. Like you know, potentially. But like it was very good in my opinion, <laughs> as far as yeah. Mortal Kombat movie goes. Yeah. Like I, I like Carl Urban. I love I'm him. Glad I to love see him. him get work. Yeah. This week on thirty uh, twenty ten, just... we're talking about Star Trek Into Darkness. I love his Bones impression. But but is he at this point? Is he? Can he play pretty boy movie star? Because yeah, that's no, what Johnny, he's Johnny's supposed to be. Yeah. No. yeah, he's craggy, and the reason he's perfect in the boys is like, yeah, he he is that guy. Like he's, he's craggy. A, he's a very good butcher, but like yeah. you know, Johnny Cage is he's a character that was originally based on fucking Jean Claude Van Damme. He is yep. supposed to be a young, conceited, asshole. pretty boy asshole. Yeah, and who who has a redemption arc. As he, you know, oh, no, I'm actually a good person deep down. Miz has mm-hmm. been playing Johnny Cage for years. Looks just like him. Mm. I don't get it. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's basically heel. Um, so kind of related Mortal Kombat news. Uh, Ed Boon and NetherRealm, they've been teasing Mortal yeah. Kombat 12 like nobody's business, which shouldn't be too surprising because they... Was it WB kind of revealed it on a recent earnings call? Like, yeah, we got uh, Mortal Kombat 12 coming. And Ed Boon is like, oh, thanks for that. That's awesome. Thank you. I, if I may bitch way. a little bit for our friends in the writer's strike, we were bitching. We were all bitching about the writer's strike today and brought up the fact that, like, the WB guy, his salary would cover every single thing that every writer in Hollywood striking wants with one of his year's salary. Hmm. And that guy is coasting on, like, He's the Discovery Channel guy. Hogwarts sold a billion dollars. Like, is he getting credit for that? Is he getting credit for Mortal Kombat being developed? Like, he wasn't there. Mm. God damn it. It makes me so mad. (laughs) This guy's getting $250 million a year, but like, yeah, this franchise is happening without my knowledge. And 
<laughs> but I the Mortal Kombat teases. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Mortal Kombat teases are weird because they keep cryptically teasing elaborate things at the end of unelaborate videos. If you didn't see how they mm. teased, uh, it was a bunch of Zoom calls of developers with like with mics or without, like "Thank you for supporting Mortal Kombat," and then like CG timepiece turning over. Uh, it looks like they're about yeah. to reset the franchise. Well, some, some, yeah, some people were speculating. So, like Ed Boon, yeah, he shared a video of like a clock ticking up to twelve, as in Mortal Kombat twelve, mm-hmm. and then it it paused and then skipped back over to the number one, which people were. Of course, they're reading into everything at this point, right? Like, they're like, oh, that means it's another time reset, because Mortal Kombat has had to do this a few times, and if you played 11, you know that the main enemy was a time god, basically, that, Mm -hmm. uh, Kronika, that that could, you know, go throughout time and reset timelines and shit like that, which, kind of to be honest, after 11 and the events, especially after the DLC and where people ended up, I'm like, I don't know where you go from there. Like, sure, do another reboot. Yeah. Our old Games Radar Awards, we would give it the Paint Yourself Into a Corner Award. Like, hmm. there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to iterate from here. I don't know why I just realized this, but if this game truly is coming this year, this means we are back in the 90s, boys. We got a new Street Fighter the same year as a new Mortal Kombat. It happens a lot. Fucking and man. Mortal How Kombat always twice wins. twice as many Mortal Kombats as Street Fighters? True. Official, yeah. Well, I mean, Street if, Fighter. If you there, count up all e- the different editions that Street yeah, Fighter yeah, games yeah, have had, yeah, yeah. there have sure. been eight hundred. Wow, more, right. Uh, There's Street Fighter Six coming out in Mortal Kombat Twelve on the horizon <laughs> in the same year. In the same, and both, both. But I mean, if if Mortal Kombat Twelve can do what Eleven and Ten did before it, or X, whatever they call it, um, it they're both looking to look be very good games mm-hmm. right it's not like one of them's gonna suck and everyone's gonna gravitate toward the other it's like no this is like the 90s no game. like, like the, the, the media landscape cool. is really fucked up right now with not only the writer strike but with streaming but like i hate reading news articles about that fucking discovery guy getting to take credit for how the games are doing really well like this dude's never heard of a game he doesn't know anything about games he used to chip and joanna Gaines is what he knows like quintuplet families and fat people like that's what he makes shows about i don't think any ceo should get to take credit for anything after having to do layoffs in right year. yeah exactly i wonder if like, yeah is he behind the big push toward like let's just use chat gpt to come up with scripts from now on probably uh, like what's what's the, we we need more reality shows in video games oh you can't you can't have nothing he worked on games. had any what's scripts the closest in it? thing it's why it's why the the next two Batman shows are going to Amazon because they're farming off their own property for money. Ugh. We probably don't talk about it enough, but reality television may have been the signal of the end of civilization. It's just Could like be. yeah, this Could this be. this is not everything is worse because of the on, honest to god. Like I I I joke, but like I really think keeping up with the Kardashians is harmful to America. Like I, I think the the thing like the. How it changes young people's perception of how life should be and how people should behave is actually harmful to our youth. Like, this is shit that Mr. Rogers was terrified (laughs) of. And the reason he did everything he did with, like, children's programming back in the day was to protect society from the shit that's happening. Well, at some point, Americans decided that people on reality TV shows should be in politics. True. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's how we got the last They can adapt to situations written by people who aren't writers Mm -hmm. and... The shitty thing about writer strikes is, you know, you sort of 
teach the industry how to behave without writers. And you might notice around the writer strike, that's when the Kardashians thing reaches its head because it's like, doesn't have WGA writers. WWE, tons of writers, but they're not allowed to be in a fucking union. Uh, they'll keep going. Well, they also have a head writer who will literally tear up the script an hour before a show. Right, and, and uh, right. A bunch of yeah, non-union writers. Uh, never mind. Video games. Video yeah. games. Video games. Uh, a recent game that we talked about last week that uh, maybe people aren't responding well to. Uh, Phil Spencer went on the Kind of Funny X cast, and he... He did a thing a lot of heads of companies don't do. He took full responsibility for that game, saying, "Hey, this is this is my bad. Uh, that game needed to be a lot better. Especially, I didn't, I didn't realize they're charging seventy dollars for this thing. Right. Probably because it's on Game. It's Pass. a seventy dollars like, game on every other platform. Yeah. for people who don't have Game Pass. Yeah, and so he he took the blame, just saying like, yeah, we we shouldn't have released it in the state we did. Um, He's upset that they've upset the community. Um, he said, I'm disappointed. I'm upset with myself. I kind of revisit our process, I think, back to the announcement. And then uh, they originally announced they were 60 frames. Then they announced they weren't shipping. That was, you know, and he, he's taken the blame for a lot of this stuff. But I'm sort of using this story because Redfall is what it is. And, and trust me, like making games is hard. And right. even if he would have done everything right, it doesn't. there's no guarantee the game yeah, would have been, been anything better than a 7 out of 10. But this is the latest in, like, sort of a series of, like, Xbox needs, Xbox first party needs a win, like yep. a big win. Like, because it's, it's sort of been a while, other than the Forza games, it's sort of been a while since they had, like, a truly big yeah, win. Like, was... I thought they had it with Halo Infinite. When the, I thought it was great. Because you know, I only played single player, but then after kind of, people just abandoned the multiplayer of that game. Like mm -hmm. it did not necessarily do what it needed and to the, do. And the devs abandoned them. Like <laughs> layoffs abandoned the multiplayer of that game. The future of that game was decided months ago with layoffs. And, and, that, and I, again, I, I said back then, like what franchise is bigger than Halo? How do you lay off people at Halo and expect people to take you seriously as a first party publisher? How do you do that? What's mm -hmm. bigger than Halo? For fuck's sake. Like, uh, fix it, mend it, break it, update it, do something, do something with it. But, like, uh, they basically, in my opinion, reading between the lines, they said that, like, Halo Infinite, like, everything here is it. That's all you have this generation. That's a weird thing for Microsoft to say. And we were having that conversation off mic because I thought the most illuminating thing, and it was definitely headline worthy because it's like, some of the headlines were just like, Xbox throws in the towel. Like, we lost the console war. Period. Oh, that's a different... Yeah, I don't think that was... Was that... that was it was. Phil, it was right? the same the conversation. They're kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, and, he, and he's like, yeah, we're not... I mean, we all kind of knew because Microsoft had stopped announcing numbers like console sell-through and stuff like that. Like, they're not competing the same... on Using the same set of numbers as Sony, right? Like, what their goals are... It's not to sell more consoles than PlayStations. Like their goal is very much to get more subscribers to Game Pass, and that's how they're going to make their revenue. Is, but like, it is still odd to hear an exec say that, right? Out that loud, like we lost and we know. can't compete, yeah. and it's pretty much what yeah. he said. Like we'll never catch up. But it, I kind of feel like if that's your goal, then and it's the, the main the bulk of Game Pass subscriptions are available on Xbox consoles. You need to move the consoles in order right. for the people to buy the Game Pass. They're exactly. not going to get right. this on but PS5 like, or Switch. As we've said before, like, um, well, 
we <laughs> the one of the most controversial things that Xbox has done that like uh, one of you brought it up, but that just like the Xbox Series S and X, mm-hmm. it, it, it the idea of like yeah, when I got buy a game on PlayStation Five, it's gonna do sixty frames it or four K. It, it, yeah, it moves yeah. better because it's not being optimized for another system. And I I personally complimented that because it seemed like uh, Xbox was operating on the iPhone model. The iPhone realized it can't iterate enough on its system every year that it like well first we're going to try charging you more for the iPhone so instead of $300 it'll be $1200 and then like how many subscription services does Apple have now it's incredible it's a lot a lot like mm. like I because I just had to upgrade my iPhone yeah. and it's like I keep getting these messages like hey would you like Apple News three months for free and I'm like no, no. I do not want hey your iCloud is full like I've checked not to use iCloud over and over again. It shouldn't be being used at all. But there's also Apple Mm -hmm. TV and Apple Arcade because they realize they can't sell you a $1,200 phone every two years. They just can't. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they're they're trying to sell you a subscription service. And that's, we as gamers, we've been benefiting from Game Pass, but I don't know how that supplements the licensing cost if you only have, what was it, like 4%? Of, Xbox is having a hard time moving consoles. They make licensing money on every game people buy. If you have, yeah. what was it, like 12% of the market share? Oh, that, I, I think it's higher than that. You think it's higher than that? Be, right? But it's low. It's lower than it's ever been. The statement that really struck me right. and what I was telling you guys and where I actually do disagree with Phil and kind of wish... I don't know. I wish I could like, give him a pep talk. Is he's like, you know, um, I think where we messed up because we messed up last gen and we sort of lost. We that lost generation the most important because generation. of the nature. Yeah, he's like because of the nature of digital libraries, people are just kind of going to stick with the same platform from gen to gen. And I, I disagree with him in that. I don't. The games to me, it's the games. The games are the most True. important thing. And if Microsoft started hitting home runs and had must play. First party games like uh, true must play. They like, don't go back. They're not focusing on period. And, and that's the thing. And so that's where I kind of want. I'm like, I sort of disagree with you. Like, I think you can win back market share, but you do have to invest heavily in your first party studios, which they that's what's weird. They have. They've bought a ton of studios. There's just something going wrong with the creative process. Like those stu- studios either aren't their output isn't what it was. Like in terms of just um, how many games they're putting out, or like the, just the, the the product isn't the same quality level. It's He's so correct weird. in that um, they lost the generation where the digital ecosystem was the most accepted, hmm. and both of those mm-hmm. companies had to make massive fucking like yes, your purchases. I, I still remember it. Like PlayStation's like other than eight games, all of your purchases will carry over to your PS5. The, the PS4 won that generation handedly. So it told everybody, like, you like PlayStation? Do you like having games you bought throughout the last seven years? Buy this system. And if you're playing, like, yeah. I, 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 I bought an iPhone 16 years ago. I can't go anywhere else because that, all of yeah. my purchases are there. But that's what Microsoft is playing at. But when I'm done with my last iPhone, I I put it away forever, right? Or or some you know sometimes you even recycle it. You just sell it back to the your phone company, sure. and you're going to get a credit toward your new one. I disagree with Phil in that, like, yes, the backwards compat stuff can be important. But honestly, if I just wanted to keep playing my PS4 games, I 
most people kind of hold on to their old systems. I don't think it's that still many hooked people up next trade to my PS5. in and sell. Yeah, like, but so I, never, I, think, I never use it except for PSVR stuff. I think a lot of people, like, if if you were saying, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to the new generation, like, they would just hold on to their last-gen system, and it wouldn't, it's not that much of a pain in the ass to keep it there, to be like, oh, I can play my old PS4 library just by keeping that system, but I need to have an Xbox because of this title or whatever. You would know yeah. this better than me. All of us on this show want to buy, want a reason to buy every system and mm-hmm. an excuse to buy every system. And and we're, we always remind ourselves, we're sort of this weird anomaly. Like, most people can't have every system like i have to because this not, is my industry it's not even can like i have living, plenty right? of friends who make more money than me that just mm-hmm. like well i bought the last xbox i'll just buy this one and i like talking to my buddy sam he liked the show i couldn't believe i had a test case like the show last of us how do i play the last of us on an xbox you don't no yeah. you, you don't and, and like all of a sudden sony has what in all honesty, was is basically a dormant franchise. <laughs> but you just sort of made my point for me, right? Is like yeah, if Microsoft I, yes. had a had a Last of Us, if they had a must play thing, people might say, "Okay, I'm going to go out and buy an Xbox so I can play these this thing that everyone's talking and about." I, I think they, they, they gave don't up on have that. that. They, they gave up on that entirely, and they have now Starfield. But is Starfield exclusive to Xbox? Uh, they did confirm, yeah. It yeah, at, like least, started, at least timed exclusive. But that was but announced think, before the acquisition. Like, that was a anticipated game before the acquisition. Post-acquisition, hmm. Bethesda hasn't announced anything that would be an exclusive. Uh, neither has Team Ninja, neither has Double Fine. Like, what the fuck? Like, Xbox has given up on first-party games for some reason. And yeah, I think you're right. They need some reminder there. But I, I do think... They will can, and I don't know how Game Pass, from what I know about the model, makes up for the lack of uh, license the the licensing fee they would obtain if they were a killer three sixty level selling system. I mean, it makes sense to the executives, so they must know something. It, it makes sense. Developers aren't struggling, but like, well, I, I, I know I, how it makes up for the licensing fee. Is okay. Take your average gamer, right? They don't buy twelve games a year, mm-hmm. right? They buy two, three, maybe four, right? Mm-hmm. And that and that's kind of dedicated gaming audience. Yeah. And Microsoft, out of those $60, $70 games, Microsoft's, you know, they get their cut. They get their royalty, right? Which, whatever, it, it's not $60 or $70, I can tell you that much. Now, mm-hmm. consider the Game Pass subscription, $15. That goes directly to Microsoft. No one gets paid mm-hmm. anything else for that, right? So that is Microsoft basically getting, if you think of it in these terms, that's like them getting 12 game sale royalties a year from someone one per month right directly that's probably more money per user than they were getting on the old model of three or four purchases getting just their royalty of that now granted they have to take a lot of that money and go buy content for their subscription service right right? so a lot of that's going out the door it's it's probably in terms of the revenue side of the equation less than their licensing fee would be yes for the revenue would be on a share of every game sold in that platform I don't exactly know. I, there was a news story that I clicked on. It was kind of clickbaity that Microsoft pulled out of the Microsoft pulling out of the hardware game, but it was like mouse and keyboard stuff. But not a great sign. Hmm. Uh, no, that's a bummer to me because I, I have a Microsoft ergonomic keyboard and mouse hmm. at work. Love it. Super well constructed. Like that one is a bit of a bummer because like they actually when they make some good hardware. You know, it's just it's shitty that. 
they're, they're they don't sell enough a, of it in, to stay in a in the business. really really weird spot because we were talking about the console wars and Sony is clearly winning, but that's. I, I love going to retail stores to just see what's on shelves. I haven't seen any of the consoles on shelves. It's always a rarity uh, since last Christmas. One thing Microsoft did say is, so Phil kind of, again, he fell on the sword for Redfall, but they're already claiming like their support for Starfield has been much more, they've been much more involved with the development of Starfield. And so I think they're trying to set up like, hey, this isn't going to happen again. Don't worry. Starfield's yeah. coming September. It'll be good. Redfall reeks um, of a game Microsoft had no faith in and dumped on the audience. Well, one one reason I know Starfield's going to be good is because the ESRB ratings descriptions ah. came out. And this game, boys, has got Jetpack Sex. It's got jetpacks. And talk about a jetpack joyride. Am I right? Hello. My jetpacks got sex. Just call me Boba <laughs> Fuck. Boba Fuck. Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so apparently, like, there's some lines, like, the ESRB, when they, when they release the ratings, they will provide examples, like, here's why we, we gave it this thing, right? And so they're providing some examples of, like, they swear in this game, they, they Mm -hmm. use the F word, um, and yeah, one of the lines is, life is a sexually transmitted disease that's 100% fatal, another line is, um... Let's see, I'm all for getting a little wild, but let, next time, let's try it without the jetpacks, which... Right. Yeah, right. Like, if you want to get that real thrust in, you got to fuck with the jetpack. Sure. Actually, sure. should I name my character Boba Fuck with three C's or uh, Boner Fed? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a serious question. Boner I Felt. Did. I was Boner trying felt. to think of a joke that could top it, and I could not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Would I call him Rim Jarden? No, I can't. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah, people were giggling at some of this stuff, but it's just like, I mean, if you've played any Bethesda you know, Fallout type game or whatever, you know that they kind of have the yucks. They they have jokes in there and I, dumb I, jokes. But again, I'm I'm putting that out. All these news stories out there is like I'm worried about officially worried about Bethesda under Microsoft because mm-hmm. uh, it's it has officially been years, and the most anticipated title is one that they announced before the acquisition. Mm. I mean, this stuff takes a long time to put together. I, get it. I know, and Redfall was announced in a trailer like a year ago, and like no one was begging for it to be released up against Zelda, and they did it anyway, despite being unfinished. Well, what Chris, fu- if you want to be a reactionary gaming outlet and um, be worried about someone, you should be worried about Nintendo oh, because Switch so sales are down 22% year over year or something around there for the second year running. And then I will tell you the reason you shouldn't worry about that is because it's the seventh year of this console's yes, life cycle. Yeah. And this is still what doubling happens Microsoft console, console sales. <laughs> like Nintendo, trust me, they've been doing this a while. They know what console life cycles look like. You don't think Nintendo knew this was going to happen? Like, you don't think Nintendo was like, yeah, of course, we're going to see a sales decline. Although a lot of people like it was so funny again reactionary they're like oh nintendo they have to they have to announce new hardware now look at this two years running sales down and nintendo fucking straight up came out there and they're like yeah look nope. um we're you're not getting a switch successor it's not happening for at least another year they so did say this this year which would like typically if there was a new console coming we would know it before mm-hmm. now yeah no, what they what they, Nintendo said, they're on the record. They said the Switch successor won't be released until April 2024 at the earliest. They've straight up uh, said, like, okay. it's not coming this year and it's not coming Q1 is, next is year. Is this the longest hardware generation that Nintendo's had? The the Wii uh, and the uh, NES. The yeah. Because on, on 302010 this week, we had to talk about Kirby's Adventure. Kirby's Adventure is 30 years old. Hmm. 
the Super Nintendo is a year old. The, I mean, the NES continued after the yeah. SNES release, but I don't. Yeah. But the NES was really well. No, the game, the game Boy is, is, is 11 in years. The, yeah, in the U.S. it was 85 to 91, although if you count Japan, the Famicom came out in 83. Yeah, but you can't say it's 91 because, like, Darkwing Duck and Kirby is, are still coming out. Like, no, no, but 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 the time I'm only counting yeah, before they release releases. their next platform. I know what right? you're talking about, but like you know, the Game Boy was an over a decade thing. Okay, and, but that's yeah, going to happen but, here too, right? So like, even if Nintendo announces a Switch successor, right. they will still keep releasing games on the Switch for a few years after. I that hope they out, treat it like a right? portable. If they have a different port, you'll have a Switch cart port, and it'll still work. I don't have. I need that faith given to me by Nintendo, and they've only done it on their portable systems. Yeah. But I, I just love that everyone, super reactionary, like, oh my god, end of the world, Nintendo Switch. Because, you know, for a while it was like, hey, your PS5s and your Series S's and X's, that's cute. Meanwhile, Switch is outselling all of you. And of course, <laughs> like, that's no longer the case when it's, you know, it's seven years into right. its life cycle. And you can, you, can, you can apparently buy PS5s and Xboxes now, which you... It was pretty difficult to do earlier on, and... But, but like, in terms of, like, Nintendo usually has a roadmap of, like, here are the games that are coming out. And just yeah. in my head, it's just like, well, you said Metroid Prime 4 is coming out, but we've only seen a PNG. Mm. And yeah. that's it. That is it for the Switch as far as, like, things I'm, like, super amped for. Uh, but by the way, the numbers we're talking here. So, like, the Switch only sold 18 million units last financial year for Nintendo, right? The yep. year before that, it was 23 million. The year before that, 28 million, right? So you get year over year decline. And then their goal, so their, uh, basically their goal for this upcoming year is 15 million units, right? And, they, and they've acknowledged that's a bit of a stretch, you know, and you can see uh, 28 to 23 to 18. Yeah, 15 might be. It's a lie for stockholders. It happens a lot. <laughs> but like, you're, it's not like we're talking like, oh, they're only selling a million or two unit, you know, uh, consoles every year. It's like no, they're it's still, still talking tens of millions. <laughs> you know, it's fine. Like, it's, I mean, yeah, their so. their portable systems typically lasted a decade at least, and this is their portable and their regular system. It makes me really wonder. You know, the whole Switch strategy. I think that's part of it. The fact that it mm -hmm. is both a handheld and a console it's is like, oh. This is them being able to artificially kind of lengthen the life cycle yeah, of every console they it's have. It's nuts to remind yourself of. And it wasn't until yeah. the new Zelda came out, and I'm talking to my friend, that like, yeah, there haven't been any handheld Zeldas, which there always had been. Like, th way more than there were console Zeldas. Uh, and there have been none for seven years. Well, technically, the last two Zeldas were handheld Zeldas. Remakes for consoles. No, but you know I what mean, I'm Breath saying. Breath of the Wild was a handheld, officially. Like, it, I guess, I yeah. guess. But, but like, that's what I'm saying. Like, they made they cranked out handheld Zeldas way faster than they did console Zeldas. Mm, true. And without it, without a handheld, shit. Like, uh, like, it, like, my friends, like, do you really care that much about Zelda? I'm like, are you fucking nuts? I would, I wouldn't. If I had any grandparents still alive, I would murder my least favorite to play this early. <laughs> nice. Your dad's mom, your mom's dad. I know. John Mulaney's yeah. special got me thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, oh. Nintendo's doing just fine. Uh, they have plans. Don't worry about them. But that's all the news that is fit to yeah, play. Yeah, they just made a billion dollars off a movie they didn't have to really lift a finger for. <laughs> so I think they'll be all right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week, as we talked about earlier in the show. Oh, so good. What's the most obscure Star Wars fact you know? 
I love you guys. On VidjaGamePocalypse.com, Kendall Holman says, Through the years, I've acquired a ton of obscure Star Wars knowledge, from the backstory of the skull Luke throws in Jabba's palace, to the first time Boba Fett was brought back to life in Marvel Star Wars issue 81, right. only to fall back into the Sarlacc by the end of the issue. However, perhaps the most obscure Star Wars fact came from an interview I did for my podcast with Decipher Star Wars CCG designer Jerry Darcy. We yeah. all know the story about Wilro Hood running yeah, through... Yeah, don't yes. explain it. We all sure. know it. Yeah. We um, all know it. <laughs> through Cloud City with an ice machine full of rebel secrets, Google running of the hoods. But how did this extra get that name? He was named in the lore of the Tabanagas minor Star Wars CCG card after wow. Jerry's friend Woodrow Hill. Wow. wow. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, Jerry told me he'd wanted to name a character after his African-American friend Woodrow, and that was one of the only African-American characters he could find in the original trilogy. Uh, wow. I just want to say no Star Wars characters are technically African-American because there's it's no true. Africa or there's America no Africa. in Star Wars. I appreciate your sensitivity, Kendall, <laughs> but there is no Africa. No. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, but that, even then... Quantum and Woody, we'd call him Woody. Uh, anyway, Chris C says, uh, keeping it Star Wars uh, video game related, here's a quick trivia question. What's the only Star Wars video game to appear in a Star Wars movie? What? Uh, episode one racer. It appears hmm. playing in the background of a bar in Attack of the Clones uh, with that guy who tries to sell death sticks to Obi-Wan. I know this. That's Evan Slees Bagano. Yeah. That's his real name, because George Lucas is tired and also Justin Roiland. Uh, Ellen Sleesbagano is his nickname. His nickname is Ellen Sarsabigno. And after <laughs> that incident with Obi-Wan doing the mind trick on him, he turned his life around and stopped selling death sticks. He did. Yeah, this, is, this is true. You can go look it up on Wikipedia. Because I decided, like, was there really a character named Evan Sleesbagano? Like, there was! <laughs> sort of. Nicknamed um, that. Yeah. Yeah. A bonus fact, uh, 1997's Dark Forces 2 Jedi Knight, one of the most confusing named series in history, uh, contained mean, the Jedi only live-action Star Wars footage set after Return of the Jedi until The Force Awakens came out over 20 years later in 2015. Sure. Yeah. Really? Because, uh, yeah, I, like Rebel Assault, I still love just because, like, Pretty sure that's not James Earl Jones, but this is all live action footage, and I'm very happy. Were these the Dash Rendar games? Was it no, Dash? that's uh, no, Shadows no, no. Of the Empire. Is, and that's not after. That doesn't take place after Return of the Jedi. Then huh? no, it takes place no. in between Empire and Return of the Jedi. I think I'm confused. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, I get. I, yeah, I, I believe you because they didn't do it. They purposely avoided setting anything after the events of Return of the Jedi for years and years and years. Yeah, that wasn't novels, pretty much. I mean, the novels had the Jedi Academy stuff with Luke and Leia and all that. They, stuff. they did, but it, like outside of novels, because they knew people, most people wouldn't read. They could do whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, from the official Lazy Time community on Facebook, Christopher Grimm says Harry Shearer. Did uncredited voice work in the first Star Wars movie? What? He linked he linked to an article about this. So the, in, in the article, the character in question turned out to be Edmus Kergi 
a captain in the Galactic Empire whose brief appearance is limited to coordinating the search of the Millennium Falcon once it was captured. Hardly a big role, but so familiar is Shearer's voice that it was the subject of much speculation for years, and after the actor remained conspicuously guarded on the subject for years, he finally did confirm it. So. Yes. Harry Shearer, like uh, we talked about it on 302010 last week because he makes his Christopher Guest return in A Mighty Wind. He is one of the most fascinating characters in the world because he's richer than you'd ever think he would be because of mm-hmm. The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he records all his dialogue in New Orleans. He makes movies you've never seen. He's had an NPR show for like 40 fucking years. Yep. Uh, and he's um, the living authority on Jerry Lewis's The Day That Clown Cried because he's seen it firsthand. Oh, my God. Yeah, like he's the and he's the only guy like who's alive who can talk about it. Harry Shearer is like the Forrest Gump of showbiz. It's fucking, <laughs> it's great. I'd expect no less of Handsome Dan. Yeah. Handsome Dan. Uh, uh, Daniel Peckham says, according to a dear friend of mine who passed away a few years back, Lucas confided in him that Boba Fett was originally supposed to be Luke's brother, whoa. but that was changed in between Empire and Jedi. The story goes that Vader would force choke everyone who talked back to him or questioned orders except Fett, who backtalks and sasses back to Vader, and Vader just lets it slide. Whether or not there's any truth to this, I don't know, as I've never really heard any corroborating stories. This but, is a great story. But my, yeah, it's great. But my friend <laughs> never gave me cause to doubt him, especially after I saw photos of his collection from years of working cons in San Diego and a pair of Gene Simmons destroyer boots that he wore on stage during the first couple of How does that lend credibility to this story whatsoever? <laughs> it's it's odd. It would have led it, it would have damaged the credibility in the 70s and now it makes it yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. if he had Gene Simmons oh, boots. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a man you can trust. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, it's definitely an interesting what if story that should have been written at some point, but given all the clone shenanigans, it had never happened now. Besides, I'm of the minority who actually likes mob boss Don Fetleone. <laughs> you are in the minority. Someone did comment that they'd heard a similar rumor, but it was Vader's brother. So Boba mm. Fett was maybe. Yeah, it, it could have been any of that because, like, Luke, all of that I'm was your like. Uncle. Some of these honestly feel like you guys were pulling our legs and seeing mm-hmm. if we would just read about this no, shit. On no, no, it just. When researching Empire Strikes Back, which was like the most intensive research I've like ever done for a show ever for like a Star Wars Patreon.com slash laser time, uh, they weren't even decided on Vader being the Luke's dad until like the last minute. Like they, they or at least they were like everybody's lying about everything in Star Wars forty years ago. They are always lying. Uh it's so hard to know. Because, like, there was so much expected of Boba Fett. Um, but I think the reality is he was supposed to be the new Stormtrooper. And then George Lucas is like, no, he should be the new Vader. And anyway, sorry. <sighs> Why don't you read uh, Joe Northrop? Joe Northrop says, uh, Ray Park, Darth Maul, forgot to take his ear piercing out. So now Darth Maul has a piercing in almost every <laughs> I hope that's true. That's amazing. That's hilarious. That's like if they forgot to cover a tattoo on Darth Maul. I mean, because if uh, you know how much they look at every frame when they check the yes. gate, they're looking for continuity errors and weird shit like that. Like someone would have caught an ear. Do you remember, right? Michael, when we were working on our, uh, a film set playing ourselves mm-hmm. and you just put on your sunglasses in the middle of the shoot and like the there was like 
two continuity people there. Like, were you wearing that when we first shot? And you're like, I don't know. It's bright and there's sun. Mm-hmm. And I put on sunglasses and like, we need to roll back the footage. Shit. See if Michael's wearing his sunglasses. And it was like, uh, and like, and then I remember there was a 12 person powwow and like, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. Michael's wearing sunglasses in the scene. <laughs> That's what's happening. Uh, continuity people, man, they can make mistakes. It's hard. It's fucking hard. Yeah. I mean, you guys did one of the hardest things you should never do. In you were you had a scene where you were eating a meal, which is like, don't do that because that's just a continuity error waiting to happen. I, I don't right? think like, we like, actually ate the meal. I don't think you took any bites. Yeah, yeah you were, but you were. Eating I did. Time. I had to put a bunch of fucking stuff in my mouth. Mm-hmm. I decided to suffer. I wrote that part for Tyler, and just like he's not going to want to do this. I should do yeah. this. <laughs> uh, 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 Scott Golanyek says uh, Yoda's first name is Minch. Or at least it was originally intended to be Minch. Mm. Yoda's but, a real Minch. Everyone yeah, knows that. Yeah, Minch Yoda. Oh, I was thinking Minch. Like, um, yeah. is that British for vagina? Yes. Ah, thank you, Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Twitter, Bongo <laughs> McNulty says, The braids of Boba Fett's shoulders are Wookiee scalps! I didn't know this. I knew that. On first costume fitting, uh, the original actor, Jeremy Bullock, had them dangling from under his helmet because he thought it was... Uh, the character's hair. Oh, and the comlinks in Phantom Menace are uh, Gillette Lady Shave rings. I knew that. He, he had I an image that. to illustrate this, and yes, that is wow. Well, it's, they've like painted over it. Mm-hmm. They've added components, but yeah, that's that's just movie prop making. Like that shit happens yeah. Yeah. all the time. Uh, Jeff yeah. Wildman says this isn't a very obscure fact about Star Wars, but it's probably my favorite. As a surprise in tribute to Sam Jackson's previous work. The prop department engraved BMF on Mace Windu's lightsaber. Yeah. For those in the back row, BMF, of course, means big music fan. <laughs> not not what I, I literally drew in permanent marker in my 20s on my Super Mario 2 wallet. Sweet. I really was the coolest guy of Which all wallet was yours? It's the one that says bad motherfucker. It says bad motherfucker in my handwriting, <laughs> and but it also has a lenticular Mario picking up a mushroom. In the in in the in the uh, what is it the uh, sub world? Never mind. Subcon. What's the yeah. new question? Of the week? Uh, okay, so new question of the week. What's your favorite video game sequel of all time? Jesus. I don't even have to think that hard about this one because it's well, it's either Assassin's Creed Super 2 or Mario Assassin's two. Creed Four. Oh. Hmm. Mm, four. Oh, four. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Assassin's Creed 2 is like the knee-jerk answer, but when I really think about it, it's like, no, I think 4 is my all-time favorite. Like, that one was a lot of fun. I'm going to give an answer you're probably going to wish you would have said as well, because I know it's a personal favorite of yours. Uh-huh. I, think, I think Metal Gear Solid 5 is the mm-hmm. best Metal Gear, like, by yeah. far. Yeah. Like, it's the best Metal Gear. Well, I mean, and it's wh- one of the which best one is the time. most playable now? 5. 5 by far. Five, How five, could it not 5 be? is, you, you could, yeah. I mean, the plot, it, it's ridiculous, and then the fact that they didn't finish the third act is, is a crime but like in terms of moment to moment like playing that game five is a masterpiece huh. and it's so good that is such a great question jesus mm. christ um i mean i really do default to super mario 2 it's so good just it's because so like good. mario was the best thing that ever happened to me ever mm. ever super mario brothers and super mario 2 i loved and it was sort of heartbroken years later to like People don't like this game. <laughs> uh, who doesn't like, well, who doesn't like that game? But I, I just, I just wanted to mention um, 
you can't call Elden Ring a sequel, but it is, you know. Come sure. On. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I just wanted to mention it as I gush over Breath of the Wild. Like there are two games in the last ten years that I think have been released. Period. That I would call the greatest games of all time, and they're Elden Ring and Breath of the Wild. And uh, uh, Elden Ring is, man, you know the building blocks for fuck's sake. Like it is. It's the same building blocks of Zelda. Uh, Dark Souls was like Zelda one. And, and it's just a natural evolution, and it's it's going to be called Elden Ring. It's a separate series, but like, well, I don't know, right? Like, yeah, it's it's, it's a it's, it's Super some, Dark Souls. It might not be the sequel. Yeah, Instead it's of Mario, Bro- it's, it, it's so Mario like, Bros. to Super Mario Bros. It, it yeah, redefines like, a Dark Souls game. It's the it's the evolution of Dark Souls. I don't I don't and, and someday we'll find out why. Why would they launch a new series rather than call this Dark Souls Forever? I mean, right? Why'd they do Bloodborne instead of Dark Souls? Right. Like, like, well, I mean, I think that you could explain that with like a first party exclusivity, but like, yeah, I think they wanted to avoid calling this like Dark Souls Plus or <laughs> Dark Souls mm. Forever or some shit like that. Like, it is an evolution of the Souls verse, and it's yeah. not a good answer. But I think Elden, I'm, I'm putting no, Elden Ring in there because I'm tired of gushing about. A it's a good answer because Brendan Hesse somewhere just broke like the the seat of the chair he was sitting on because he's sitting on the he's like they're all sequels to Kingsfield you guys they're all just Kingsfield sequels <laughs> <laughs> and I but I get it because like Dark Souls I I played them since Elden Ring they are mildly different flavors but like it was all leading to this which turned out to be the most successful entertainment product of 2022. Elden Ring, and it didn't come from nowhere. It didn't come out of nothing. It came out of Dark Souls. I I hope their next thing, honest to God, is they just do do the Elden Ring Bloodborne, right? Because Bloodborne is is a spinoff, just like Sekiro is a spinoff. It's like, hey, it's this game formula, but in a different setting. And it's like, yeah, just go back to that setting, but do full open world. And, I couldn't be more excited. I checked the other week. It's six months until Armored Core comes out. From yeah. Software's Armored Core. Right. Uh, First right Armored Core in thought, like 15 years. Isn't that thing coming in August? I thought it was yeah. like, it, that, that's it's, fewer it's than so, six months, dude. That's three months. And again, I'm old. I don't care. Take all the delays you want. Delay yourself like eight years. I don't care. But like, I can't wait to see what that fucking is. Holy shit. Because I've it's never played an Armored Core game. It's been a while since an Armored Core game. Yeah, yeah but I, I fucking love... Uh, Oh my god, I forgot the name of the game. What's the the president game, Michael? Um, Metal Wolf yeah, Chaos. Metal Wolf Chaos. Yeah, yeah. I, I Let's party! <laughs> it's, I, I can tell you now, because it'll be nothing like Metal Wolf Chaos. Yeah. Like, I guarantee you there'll be an arcade be mode. Like Metal Wolf Chaos is like a very arcade-y spinoff of Armored Core. Yes. But it's it's so competent. It's why it's still fun to play. It's like still a good mech game. My favorite part of that game is that like all your weapons are still mounted on a mech, but they're very much like still like infantry weapons. It's like you just have this assault rifle yes. that's just sticking yeah. out of this. It's so giant great. It's it's silo. like it's what a fucking uncreative white guy would think to mount to his <laughs> mech. Like I got a whole mech. What do I want to mount on this? Probably a two-barrel shotgun. Rifle, yeah, shotgun. Yeah, a two-barrel shotgun. That's what I'm so, going to use. So dumb, but it's so a, good. a giant shotgun that shoots shells the size of garbage cans. I'm assuming, like, no, it almost never happens. No. Uh, All right, but yeah, favorite. Se- like, I, I feel like I was taken off 
base by uh, taking. Oh, I, I can't think, wait to I hear think your Elden Ring is a good this. response. Like it really is. Like it's the Uber. Sequel. I feel like I'm cheating, but yeah, whatever. It's a podcast. But I just want no, to say no something significant, and I know the listeners will come up with something better because uh, I mean, that's what they do. They're creative. They're, they're clever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have cool listeners. It just, it just. I love crowdsourcing questions like this because, like, when we have to do it alone, it sometimes sucks. Well, good because we make it a part of every yeah. week's show. <laughs> so, cool and clever <laughs> listeners, what is your favorite game sequel of all time? Let us know. Go to videogamepocalypse.com, Answer in the comments for episode five hundred and twenty-three. Alternately, you can visit us at the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer, or ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. And we will read some of the answers on next week's show. Anyway, that has been our show. Uh, let's go out some plugs. Uh, once again, go listen to Zanzizi podcast. I'm on a couple of those. Uh, Ryan and I talk about Elden Ring and uh, about uh, Let Me Solo Her in, in particular. And we do bring up some of my favorites. Uh, let Her Solo Me, Let Me Solo Me, mm-hmm. the, the various imitators. <laughs> um, if you want to find out more about that, go check it out. But uh, Chris, what do we got to promote? You know, in 302010 this week, we have two big spaceship dramas. And mm. that I'm mm. diminishing it, but what I'm talking about is Matrix Reloaded and Star Trek Into Darkness. Mm. Which we talk about for way too long, and I enjoyed way too much with all the baggage removed. Uh, but it's also, it, like, you guys, remember what it was like in 2003, the Matrix was amazing, the Animatrix is leaking through the, the internet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a new movie coming out, and there's a video game from Shiny coming out. Remember Enter the Matrix? Oh, yeah. Yes. That's yeah, what we great. have to address this weekend. And Ooh. it's like, I feel like part of the, what would you call it, bad reputation of that period is mm-hmm. because... People didn't love the movie, and they really didn't love the game. <laughs> the no, game, no. It, w- it was like the first directors, the Wachowskis, who gave a shit about video games, about video and they games. really gave a shit. Uh, yeah. They made it a very important thing for the Matrix, mm. and it didn't pan out. And it was a model no one else ever followed. I think they redeemed themselves because people genuinely like the Path of Neo, right? Like they they remember that more fondly than Enter the Matrix, I mean, at least. It, I've read diatribes from people who lived on Matrix Online, which was very canonical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to the point where I think Morpheus died in that, and that's why he's... Morpheus is murdered. One of the reasons he's not back in Matrix Resurrections. Guys, there was a Matrix sequel. God damn it. There was a Matrix... Did that happen two years ago? There was a fucking Matrix sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt, we did a fucking podcast about it, because... uh, Matrix Revolutions were the weirdest fucking studio movies I've ever seen, like in the modern era. Re- Resurrections. Mm. There's so much weird shit happened yeah, since re- the pandemic. Resurrections yeah. felt like a parody of The Matrix half the time. It was really it, weird. Some it of was, it is, but rewatching, like, I sat down, turned my phone off, and stared at Matrix Reloaded and the Animatrix and footage of, uh, uh, enter the matrix to try and put this together and it's not spoiler it's not very satisfying but like holy shit you needed to remember a ton of stuff from matrix reloaded and revolutions to get Mm -hmm. uh 
Resurrections. Yeah. And it helped me enjoy that recent movie more. It was... Anyway, 30, 2010, that's okay. out this week. 80s in depth, we're talking about Blowout and uh, something else soon. Um, love that doing that show. Goddamn. All right. Uh, cool. I don't have anything to plug, so I will plug Ryan's podcast, ZanZZ Podcast, which Michael has been a guest on yes. a few times, so check those out. Uh, Michael also was recently a guest on Chaluminati Podcast, mm-hmm. sort of repaying the favor, because Alex was on our show, two of our shows Got recently. Got the, uh, so. the Green Stone? That story is fucking insane. I'm not going to spoil it. You have to go listen to the shows, and it's this long. You have to go find like all the the parts. Like, mm-hmm. were, were you on four of them total, Michael? There's, yes, it, it spanned four episodes. Two, two of them. Were, the last two were recorded back to back. Well, in in back to back weeks, but uh, yeah, that's, that's why you can hear Michael age. <laughs> it's true. I sound much younger and happier when we did the first two. Like I've I've heard a lot of batshit insane UFO stories, but this thing mm-hmm. is it. At times, it sounds like the Green Knight. I kid you not. It's just like they're on this 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 quest. <laughs> it's, it's very questy. Yeah, yeah. A good modern reference, Matt. I'm proud of you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So anyway, yeah, go listen to that Illuminati pod. Uh, Alex Facciani, friend of the show, good dude, and Michael's on those as well. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and ask me to be on your podcast. Why's Michael doing all this shit? I don't know. Like, uh, oh, charming. No one ever asked me to be on their fucking. No, you are. He's a fucking. <laughs> he's a uh, fucking pod slut. This guy over yeah. here. Oh, uh, he'd be a good guest. I don't always have to be this drunk at the end of an episode. No. Anyway, as always, you can find us online at VigiGameApocalypse.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at VGApocalypse. Follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. got Oreos in it. Your charcuterie board ever had Oreos in it?